All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to episode 368 of the world famous Wrestle Talk podcast. My name is Big Sexy Chris Rodell, riding alongside Hardcore Hoss. Hoss, how's it going tonight? Uh, it's going okay. You know, we're we're gonna get through this. Uh, <laughs> we may have a few technical difficulties tonight. My computer decided last minute that it wanted to freeze up and then update. Uh, isn't that the way it always? Isn't that the way it always works? It's just like you know what you got everything perfectly set up, and then all of a sudden, just the little things come come down to you. But we'll get through this. We got a great, we got a great, we got a great night of act of uh, talk about wrestling. Got some things to talk about in the wrestling world. We got two great guests. Uh, Nightmare Jones is going to join us in, in just a little bit. Uh, so since we don't have the intro, I guess we're not going to have the anthem either. Um, I'm going to work on the anthem okay. here real quick, Okay, but, uh, I guess why don't we go ahead and bring the maestro in? I see he's oh, back is, is, is Jeremy here? I thought, I thought Jeremy was going to be a little bit late today, so. What is up, everybody? How Jer- are we? Jeremy, I've seen you a whole lot these last few days, but it's I been know, cool. I know, you've enjoyed every second of it. I have I enjoyed every single second of it. Uh, how was your weekend with Dynamo Pro? It it literally was life changing. I've loved every second of it. The guys at Dynamo are special, and you got to do something a little bit different. We didn't have the commentary this weekend because of the setups and everything, but you actually ran the cameras and 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 learned a little bit that way. What did, what did you learn from it? Oh, I think I think you're muted, Maestro. We are not hearing you. There we go. Okay, there we go. We there it is. Okay. Anyway, so about that, uh, about filming, talk about a ringside experience like no other. It was truly something I'll always remember. Um, sitting at ringside is nothing compared to literally being right, right there. Um, and it also shows how important every person is to a wrestling promotion. You know, you may, just like setting up a ring, you know, we've had to do that. Constantly right. set up, set up, tear down, put up chairs, tear down chairs, set up merchandise booths, uh, set up uh, commentary booths. You know, just yeah. It, it, it. I don't think some people realize how much it takes to sometimes put on a, a wrestling show because you got exactly. You know, and you know, I was going to say that uh, you know on Sunday show what I loved. I mean, I loved all of it, but what I really loved was for the first time. I got to get inside a wrestling ring and uh, hype up the show with Luke Roberts. So ah, yes, 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 yes. Uh, Luke, Luke is a Luke is a master at that. Uh, if we need to kill, if we need to kill time, that's why we sent him out there because he's got he's got the gift of gab. So yeah, <laughs> absolutely. But yes, it was a wonderful weekend. The guys at Dynamo are amazing and. I'm just thankful for every opportunity that you know comes my way. And we had, and we had, we'll have to make sure we tell Joe about what happened to the snitch this weekend. So just, uh, we'll oh, have, oh. Uh, yeah, What's, that is a life highlight <laughs> for you. I know, Chris. I, I think, I think, I think he will. I think he will enjoy it. Uh, he's Ooh. coming on. He's got an announcement to make, but I think he'll enjoy that just as much. So. Yeah. That, that's All right. Uh, one. <laughs> do we have? Do we have the anthem? Please tell me. I have. Him. I have been able to. Uh, Get the anthem. I don't know how well this is going to come across, but we're going to try it. Oh, hold on. Let me get. Hold on. Gotta get my. Gotta get my flag. Hold on. Gotta get the flag. All right. Let's do this. Let's do this, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, please remove your hats if you're wearing any kind of hat. Whereas we honor our country with the singing 
of the national anthem. It's always good to be back in Jersey. How about some next? Learn about crypto oh, and now it's going to go with Coinbase. <laughs> it's an ad. You damn YouTube. This is definitely the American million dollars in crypto rewards <laughs> since Coinbase earned. <laughs> now why is it on Roseanne? <laughs> okay, this oh. isn't going to work. All right, well, oh. all right, well, we'll we'll get we'll get through it. Uh, let's Not run Rose through. Man, let's let's real quickly. Let's run through. We got some great sponsors on the Wrestle Talk podcast. Uh. Our sponsors are the Conspiracy Farm, Kincaid, Interstate 70 Sports Media. Hey, that's Jeremy Carp's company. One of his movies oh. that a man's got to know. One second. Are we going to do this? Go, no? okay. go, go ahead. Okay, I'll finish the sponsors. Esports Bar KC, Royal Mills Transportation, Painter's Dream Productions, and the world-famous FWWC. And I think they forgot about Rathbun Engraving, who's got those great Wrestle Talk, Talk mugs. Uh, that you can get and you can get your name engraved in there. I, I think that's I think that's great. They're I'm, amazing. I'm gonna have to I'm gonna have to probably grab me one of those. Just so. absolutely. Just twenty dollars for a mug, and, your and name it, engraved in it, or whatever you want, and, it, and along makes, with our logo, and and it makes the drink taste just that much better. So oh, all absolutely. right, let's give this one more try. All right. just hits hard every time he's still gonna make it up to us eventually i think hopefully maybe probably not but yeah it hits hard all right yeah but but jeremy we got a couple of great guests that are coming on tonight jeff manning is gonna join us uh promoter of wcwc and then on in the second hour we got mad max morrison coming on so we got two great guests uh i'm stoked i'm stoked both of them are amazing guys have had the pleasure to talk to both of them and, you know, Jeff Manning is such a dedicated member of the wrestling industry. Um, he's I, I look forward to us in one way, was, shape, or form. I was talking to Luke before the show, uh, and uh, he's like, I think he said he really thinks that I'm going to enjoy talking to Jeff Manning just because of his business smarts and everything else. So I think it's going to be, I think it's going to be a great interview. Luke might even join us for that interview if he gets out of his uh, regular day job meeting. So, yeah. Uh, so uh, I'm going to guess we don't have the high spots theme today. So yeah, once again, I, I apologize. That's okay. It, it is That's still a- going with, with no, the update. <laughs> it is the longest update ever. No, that's okay. That's okay. We, uh, well, one of my updates on my work computer, it took um, a whole overnight overnight time to, to update. So I started it at like four o'clock in the afternoon after I signed off and it wasn't quite done until like almost seven o'clock the next morning. So it was a, it was a big, it's a big security update, which we needed, but you know, it just, it took forever. And I was worried I wasn't going to have a computer for the day. So, oh gosh, uh, yeah, 
But uh, so let's go ahead and jump on into high spots. I think we I think we can do that. And I think we'll start with probably the most talked about incident, which there are still a whole bunch of stories coming out about it. Let's talk about Charlotte and Becky, the Charlotte and Becky saga from SmackDown. You know, apparently Charlotte, let, let's do a little background. Apparently Charlotte didn't like the way things were going to go. And so she kind of forced Becky to grab the title from her and then threw the title down. Then Becky threw the title back at her and uh-huh. they went back. And apparently they had a confrontation backstage, which also kind of led to Sonya Deville being angry about the segment. And wanting to, I saw a report today where she literally wanted to fight Charlotte which is part of the reason why they escorted her out of the building to kind of diffuse the situation a little bit. Uh, apparently there was no real problem with, uh, uh, apparently there was no real problem with Becky on Becky's part. It was more on Charlotte's part. And apparently Charlotte is becoming more and more difficult to work with. Jeremy, what's your opinion? Okay. So this is my thing with the whole thing. All right. First you do have, and it's understandable why people would be so pissed at how Charlotte acted. I'm on Becky's side on this one because, you know, okay, Charlotte Flair is one of the most pre- prestigious women in WWE history. Agreed. Well, I'll go one step further. Charlotte Flair is one of the most decorated and prestigious women's wrestlers in the history of professional wrestling. You know, the thing of it is... This is not putting when you when you're on that pedestal, it's a pedestal for greatness as a wrestler. That doesn't mean you get to be a cocky asshole and get whatever you want whenever you want. You basically she, can show up and get title matches on a whim anyway. Like what the hell more do you want? And when you re- if you realize this, Chris, on the encore presentations of SmackDown, that segment is not shown because right. of the controversy uh surrounding it. And notice how Everything revolves around a disgruntled Charlotte. Like you had mentioned, Becky's not getting any heat for this. Whenever Sonya Deville wanted to fight, did she want to fight Becky? No. Did Dana Brooke try to break up a fight between Charlotte and Becky? No, it was Becky and Charlotte. So everything is revolving around Charlotte's piss-poor attitude and that she feels like she's entitled to everything and anything. And, and this kind of also goes back to an incident that happened on Raw a couple of months ago when she was in the, in, in the ring with Nia, and Nia, I guess yeah. Nia wasn't doing she something punches. right. And she started really punching Nia for real. And I'm sorry, I know Nia might not be the greatest wrestler in the world, but I'm not quite sure I would want to make her really mad because she's got the uh, – she's she's – She's got the strength. I don't think I would want to make Sonya Deville mad because she's a legit MMA MMA person. She can. I mean, I, I, I wouldn't mind being mad if it means kicking Charlotte's ass. Right. <laughs> I mean, I wouldn't. I wouldn't I mean, see. But do you think Charlotte's trying to get out of her contract? Part of it, I feel like part of it is. But this is the thing. You know, we mentioned at the beginning of the show what it was like for me to be, especially now, to getting more involved with Dynamo Pro. And if there's one thing I've learned just from the past few months, it's something I've known, honestly, though, for years as a professional wrestling fan, but it's something you have to experience backstage. It's that the industry of professional wrestling is predicated on respect. If you don't have respect from your fellow workers, your the fellow talent in the locker room, you don't have it. And you're up shit creek without a paddle. And that means you're paddling and shit with your hand. 
And that's exactly what Charlotte's doing right now. She has lost so much respect I mean, in you, the locker room. I mean, and were, on top of you were in the locker room with Dynamo. The, the, you know, you, you stepped in the locker room for on Friday night and Sunday Sunday afternoon. You could tell that there is respect between everybody back there. You know, there's no there's no ill feeling. You know, so it's just like, and that you know, says something when the snitch is back there, right? Exactly. I mean, so there you go. <laughs> right. Exactly. Exactly. I agree. But yeah, I just think I just don't agree. Uh, Hoss, do you have any uh, comment on the Charlotte Becky situation? What do you think? What do you think's going on? You know, I I just think that it's a poor showing of sportsmanship. The way this whole thing went down, and you know, I I don't know what Flair's problem is. Uh, I mean, I know she feels entitled, and I know that a lot of people have said that she doesn't like the way she was booked, and you know. But at the same time, you know, come on, be a big girl, put and, your big girl panties and, on. And then I read another report, and this just this just came to my mind when you were talking about. Apparently, they wanted to. Easily, tra- I mean, they could have taken care of this easily. Transition the titles. They could have had Charlotte drop the belt to Bianca on Monday, on on mon- the Monday that's before what I she was left. Right. That's why I thought it was going to happen. And then they could have had Sasha pick up the SmackDown title at Crown Jewel. That way, you have both belts. Now there was a rumor floated around that uh, the WWE wanted to have Naomi pick up the title on a house show to bring the belt to SmackDown. But Charlotte nixed that idea because she, she was a, she was afraid of how it was she was afraid how she was going to be you know get responded to. So I just I don't know. I just I think Charlotte's trying to play out the string and she wants to go join her her boyfriend over in uh or her I guess fiance over in AEW or you know I, I just I don't know. It's just I don't I don't like the way it's happening because I had some respect for Charlotte, but. It just seems like right now she's just entitled. And I lost a lot of respect for Charlotte a long time ago when you realize when you finally came to the realization that as a fan that whenever Charlotte Flair would come back into the picture, she would get whatever she wants, it, just on handed on a silver platter, like and that and the thing of it is, I think the perfect. The absolute perfect scenario that of this year that shows that Nikki Ash winning the Raw Women's title, and then what happens? Charlotte comes right back and beats her in a triple threat match at SummerSlam, pinning Nikki. Right. Like, are you serious? Like, right. that is such great bullshit. That Nikki is getting ASH should be treated like, or that Rhea Ripley doesn't even get the title. Right. Like Rhea has lost twice to Charlotte in big time title scenarios. Yeah, and I I still don't agree with Rhea losing to Charlotte at WrestleMania. So yeah. but that's that's it. So uh as we continue on high spots, we're gonna bring in someone very special to the Wrestle Talk podcast. He is one of the OGs of the WTP. He and he is one of the he's a re, well-known referee in the West Virginia area and one of the snitch's biggest fans. I got something to tell him about the snitch this past weekend. So uh let's welcome on to the Russell Top Podcast, the one and only Nightmare Jones. Woo! Joey, how's it going, buddy? It's going good. So oh, Joe. 
guys talking about uh, Charlotte Flair, and you know, there, there's also reports that Charlotte Flair was not happy about uh, Becky Lynch's comments about her being plastic, and she knew that 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 there was going to be issues, and she actually pitched the idea to drop the title to Bianca at Monday Night Raw last week, but they nixed the idea. So, you know, it, it, I don't think that it's that it's it's Charlotte Flair just being being uh, uh, hard to work with. I, I think that a lot of it has to do with with also, you know, she knew that, that this was going to be an issue with her and Becky and that they legit don't like each other. And, you know, she was doing everything that she could to make sure that this kind of stuff didn't happen. And yet it still happened. I, I don't know. What, what's your, what's your opinion? We, I got it from Jeremy. What's your opinion? You think she's trying to get out of her contract? Um, I don't think that she's necessarily trying to get out of a contract. I know that she's not very happy right now. So I mean, it's it's definitely possible uh, possibility. I know that but, she's not very happy right now. So it, hold yeah. on a second. I'm gonna see if I can uh, connect through my laptop because uh, I don't have a way to contact the uh, connect my headphones. So I'll be right back, gentlemen. Okay, cool, cool. So I guess while we're waiting for Joe to come back. Uh, do we want to talk about? I, I know we don't really want to talk about it. We don't really want to talk about Crown Jewel much because of you know the Saudi Arabia thing. But it oh, was, oh, that no, Chris. I am so glad you brought that up. Uh-oh. I just bought the most amazing piece of Bill Goldberg memorabilia today. <laughs> oh, I actually, God. did find some. You ready? Oh. Cost, I know you're gonna love this. <laughs> I mean, it's a little heavy, but. Look at this. Look at this beauty. Wait, is that a, that's a trash can? Yeah, that's, look that's at that. A, that's not a piece Bill Goldberg of... memorabilia, baby. Let's go. Hey, he he beat Bobby Lashley at Crown Jewel. He he speared him through a table off of the off of the ramp, so Yeah, because he knows that if he was speared off the ramp, he wouldn't be able to get out of the arena. <laughs> well, at least we didn't have to sit through Undertaker Goldberg. I mean, that's I guess that's oh. one thing we can of all the WCW versus Undertaker matches you had to get, that's the one they give us. Oh, you know, but that's probably got a lot to do with the uh, Crown Princes over in uh, Saudi. You know, wanting Bill yeah. Goldberg, so they they paid they paid up the big money. That's why they brought Brock Lesnar. And I will say that Brock Lesnar and Roman Reigns, from what I saw of it, because I was it was on in the background while I was working, but it what didn't seem like it was. I mean, Brock had the his face was four colors of red. But I mean, but well, and this is the problem with that match. Right, first off, as far as the match quality goes, it was pretty good. Um, I love the whole thing with Paul Heyman throughout this. Yes, the the, the 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 uh, the end where he just threw the belt in between them and yes, the set. I love that, I, I, and I love how they're still teasing it. So yes, I mean, the problem I, I have in all of this, though, okay, what and it kind of harkens back to the Evolution days where it was always won on interference from members of Evolution. Triple H could never win clean. I get it. Heels aren't supposed to win clean. 
But at some point, you have to, or you begin to lose credibility saying, look, why is Glenn you Youngkin running for win. governor? He'll Probably tell you Trump Uh-oh. Hoss didn't like the fact that I brought out that Goldberg memorabilia. <laughs> Uh, I, I forgot. Yeah, I, I forgot. I forgot. Hosses, Hosses in Virginia, and they've got a big governor election coming up here next week. So, oh yeah, well. <laughs> but but no. Um. So are we okay with Xavier Woods winning the King of the Ring? Yes, one thousand. I would. That's one of the matches where I would have been fine with either winner. But at the same time, it would have been weird if you just said the Demon King, and with Finn Balor already. So honestly, yes, having. Um, Xavier Woods, it's like the culmination of it's kind of like with Big E finally winning the WWE title. Everybody it, wanted to see it, it kind of like it goes even go back further. Kofi winning the world title at uh, yeah, absolutely, at, at Mania. so yep. so they've had three really good. It's a shame that Kofi wasn't there to come out and celebrate with them, but I'm sure Co- I'm sure they only took the minimum number of people over there that they needed to in case of yeah. what happened. And apparently, I read somewhere where they had a backup plan in case they had another. Saudi plane incident. I was about um, to say they all did get home safe. They all did get home safe, and they did have a backup plan. They had some of the raw guys there just in case. They brought in the raw ring announcer because the SmackDown guy went over there, uh, and they had some of the referees. And I think they brought a couple people in from NXT too, just to kind of just just in case, because you know, I mean, you never know. You you, 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 you you never know. Now, the one thing I'm not quite sure about is the whole queen zelina thing zelina vega went in the queen's crown tournament of the two that were in the finals she was fine to win it but i don't think that was the right booking decision i don't think that was the right decision throughout the whole tournament i don't i think it's i think it should have been zelina well i guess you couldn't have done it because they were on the same side of the bracket but uh this is my pick for that um this is what i think the final should have been First off, I just want to say about the women's tournament, WWE didn't give two dams about it just because of the fact all the matches were under five minutes. Well, yeah, the first the first two rounds the first two rounds of matches apparently went a total of eight to ten minutes of TV time. So yeah, you're absolutely right. And but these were my two picks. Like I had to do a SmackDown and a Raw. Tony Storm for SmackDown. Shayna Baszler for uh, Raw. See, I would have yeah. liked I would have liked Liv Morgan and Shayna Baszler. I think that would. I been mean, weird. that would have been great too. That's the thing. You had so many ones there, but to have and this is not a knock on Selena Vega. I think she's very talented, and I mean, also at the same time, she's also been done dirty by WWE one too many times. So to see her finally get something, right? You know that she's earned for working her butt off. I'm I'm excited for her, and you know I actually did think they were going to go the safe route. They were going to go the face route and go uh, Queen Dewdrop. Nah, I don't. I don't. As much as I like Dewdrop, you know I don't. What? I don't I'm think she. Yeah, I'm, uh, uh, like I said, of the two that were in there, Zelina deserved it the most. Yeah. But I don't think she deserved to be in the final. I think Liv, I think I think this should have been Liv's Liv Morgan's tournament. But I mean, I guess if you have a, I guess they did this decide if you had a face king, you needed a heel queen. So I mean, yeah. And and speaking, can we can we do away with this Carmelo mask gimmick? I just 
I don't understand it. I Hoss is laughing. Do you have an opinion of that? The Carmelo mass gimmick, the fan of the opera, or whatever they want to call it. I I have no idea where they're going with this. You know, I've seen too many masked gimmicks in WWE to honestly care at this point. I really have. I mean, after you know, almost twenty years worth of mass gimmicks. You just see it up to a certain point. And there's no – and this the thing of it is, though, at least for other reasons, it's because of legit things that happen. You know, right. Right. it's like, like Kane's like Sheamus, Sheamus or you – know, Sheamus broke his nose. Cody Rhodes broke his nose. Right. I don't even remember why the hell Carmelo's wearing a mask. Neither do I. Neither, neither do I, but I think that's enough of that. Uh, let's bring back out Nightmare Jones. I think Nightmare Jones is back with us. I think. Yeah. Yo, Spe- speaking of people who need a mask. Oh, oh, oh. Kiss my butt. oh. So, <laughs> but, so, so, Joey, I have to say yeah. something. Um, yes. Me and Jeremy were at the Dynamo Pro Show this past Sunday. We did. Uh-huh. Our, we did our Four Hands versus Strange Donuts show, and every. <laughs> Was my buddy the snitch there? The snitch was there. He uh, wrestled and he wrestled the first half of the show. And, and he won. He, uh, who did he? I can't. I'm, I'm drawing a complete blank on who he wrestled in the first round. But he uh, won. Wow. Uh, I think he. No, I don't think he. Did he win the? I don't know. That's not the important. That's not the important part. Well, we, every year we have a battle royal, and every and the and the winner gets a prize. I think he won. Mm-hmm. The the snitch won. The snitch did win the battle of royal. Of course he did. He only spent about thirty seconds in the ring because he came out. I believe did he, came he out win? Like, oh, that's he, that. That's the only question. Did he, he win? He won. And okay. And, and Adrian Serge, our Dynamo Pro Champion, came out to give him a prize. You know, because he beat him up. He deserve a prize. Um, and and the snitch thought he was gonna get a t- gonna get a title shot against Adrian Serge. Well, that wasn't the case. You know what the snitch one is his uh the snitch one is his uh prize, Joe. It wasn't a title shot, it wasn't a future title shot, it wasn't anything like that. He won a year supply of donuts. Hey, there's no one with a year supply of donuts. And I like donuts. Got, and then and then he got dropped by Adrian Serge. I like so, donuts. And he made it and Adrian Serge made him eat the donuts. Right, then yeah, then Adrian Serge I made mean, him eat the donuts and left and left him laying as the Adrian show. Adrian Serge would have had to make me eat the donuts because I love donuts. So I would have right. ate the donuts with the smile on my face. Because but, you know, but donuts the snitch, are the gift that keeps going giving. But the snitches is not going to get his title shot right now. I mean, so I guess the quote unquote Dynamo Pro screw job goes on. We're heading about day fifteen hundred. So day fifteen. Well, and it cracks me up because I, along with referee Christopher Miles, were trying to be the good-hearted gentleman and help the snitch. You know, after to the back. His, you know, to the back. Just be kind. And he shoved us. So you know what? I screw him. I'm glad he got. He got a donut in his face. Forget him. He don't deserve no title shot. <laughs> so, so all right. Well, Joey is here for a very special reason. So uh, we're going to give him the floor. So Nightmare Jones, the floor is going to oh, be yours. I don't so. want to do this. All right. So, ladies and gentlemen, I have been doing this podcast for longer than I can remember. Um, it started... Like years ago, if I'm not mistaken, it was like 2015, 16, something like that. 14, I don't remember. Um, and 
it started off as just something that I wanted to do just for a little bit of fun. You know, I'd seen somebody do a blog talk radio, and I was like, you know what? I think I can do this. I know a lot about wrestling, and I can do this. And I started it off, and it wasn't very good. But, you know, as time went on, you know, I picked up people. We got a little bit uh, better. You know, I went back solo again. You know, I picked up Rick Rose. We got even better. I mean, we got Renee. We got even better. You know, this podcast has gone all the way to the freaking moon. And I would not be here today if it was not for each and every single one of you. Um, But unfortunately, I feel that it's time that Nightmare Jones steps away. I've done this long enough. I've, I've cemented my name into this podcast. Um, I absolutely love this podcast. Don't think that I don't love doing the podcast anymore. Um, it's just, for some reason, I don't have the passion anymore. And I don't want to continue to do, continue to be on the podcast and not have the passion to do it. Um, you know, it's not fair to the guys that are doing it, like Chris and Jeremy and Haas and especially the uh, Night Owl. Um, so it's time for Nightmare Jones to step away from the Talk podcast. Um, I'm still going to be around every once in a while. So, I mean, you never know when Nightmare Jones is going to pop up. And I am extremely grateful to each and every single one of you that have listened to me and have, have had to put up with Nightmare Jones over the years because, I mean, what can we, we say? I, I'm I'm Nightmare Jones, and I always will be Nightmare Jones. And I know that the podcast is in great hands with Renee and Chris and John and Jeremy, and you know, and and I know that the podcast is going to continue to keep growing, 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 growing without Nightmare Jones. And it it stinks that I'm that I'm stepping away, but I'm stepping away. On a good note, I'm stepping away with a good heart, and I'm stepping away knowing that the podcast is going to continue growing. And I thank each and every single one of you for everything that you have ever done. You know, I will never forget all the you know trips to uh, uh, Kobe Pro and going to Natsucon and you know getting getting uh, you know drinking with Rick Maverick and and Renee and watching. When they fall asleep because of all the drinking that we were doing, and then you know, I mean, I, I'll, I'll never for, forget all of that. Uh, yeah, so, I mean, these are memories that are gonna last forever. And who knows, you know, maybe I'll I'll I'll, I'll get that itch and I'll come back again. And I know that I always have an open seat on the Rest of Talk podcast. So I just thank each and every single one of you, absolutely. That's about it, fellas. That's about all I got to say. Well, Joey, I have to say, uh, the very first interview, well, one of the very first uh, media interviews me and Luke did with uh, for Dynamo Pro Wrestling was with the Wrestle Talk podcast. Mm-hmm. It was with you and Renee, and I believe the uh, late Richard Rose was also a part of it at that yes. time as well. And it was it, it got us rolling in the media department, and then we then we me and Luke developed a relationship with the Wrestle Talk podcast. So I just want to say thank you for everything. Uh, and I, we can't wait to see you on there. I know 
Jeremy and uh, Haas probably have something to say too. So I'll turn it over. Let's uh, turn it over to Jeremy first. Jeremy. Oh man. Um, it's just, it's actually a little more emotional than I thought it would be. Yeah. It's, it's, it's definitely hard. Um, it's not you easy. know, I, I remember it was about 2016, which holy crap has been five years. Right. But, <laughs> but, that was the first time uh, Luke was actually referred me to be on the Wrestle Talk podcast, which at that time was you and Renee. Mm-hmm. And you know, I remember it was we were talking about like uh, Becky Lynch. We were talking about Charlotte Flair. We were talking about the women's evolution. And you know, I I remember you know getting the message the next day that you guys had such a blast with me on. And I remember the Dynamo Pro Shows where I'd see you guys. We had the ones down in Soulard for Cinco de Mayo. We'd all be just chilling out there. World Regulation. Toasted Ravies. Toasted Ravies. man. You can't get that crap out in West Virginia. You get those beauties here. I uh, mean, there, there is a place that I can get Toasted Raviolis. <laughs> there, uh, there, there is. I don't know if it's as good as, as well, you all have it, but it ain't as good. As I mean. <laughs> um, but I remember... <laughs> You know, and as time went on, you and Renee took it upon yourselves to really start getting me more involved. And I just thought, you know, hell, it was cool being a just a, a featured guest, you know, a regular guest. I never thought, you know, you guys would say you wanted you wanted to bring me on as a permanent host, as a permanent co-host, mm-hmm. and. It means the absolute world to me. Um, You probably don't know how influential you've been for me in my career and in my life. Um, You're Mm. a dear friend. Yes. And I know. I won't be a stranger. Don't worry. I definitely will not be a stranger. I won't be. But I'll tell you, looking at how this podcast has turned out over the years, and I know Renee would, would agree, but Rich is proud. So, mm. thank you, Jonesy. I, I I think so. Yes. yes All right, Haas. Lay it in on me. Yeah, I know get, you got something for me. Lay it in on shit. me. <laughs> give it to him. <laughs> now, you know, I, I always give you a hard time, and, and I enjoy it. And But in reality, you know, you and I are both good friends outside of the podcast. And, uh, you know, you brought me into the FWWC. Um. I watched Susie and learned how to do the boards. And after that, you brought me in mm-hmm. to Wrestle Talk. You brought me in to uh, the FWWC tonight. You know, so you're the one that brought me into these positions. And uh, I wouldn't be here without you, buddy. Uh, well, I definitely appreciate it. And I'm definitely going to miss you guys. But like I said, I won't be a stranger. Don't worry about that. You never know when Nightmare Jones is going to pop up. I and, might and, get that and, itch. And, and you never know when you're going to get that call and be like, hey, we need a last-minute fill-in, so, you know. Exactly, exactly. You you never know when that's going to happen. And exactly. and and don't think that I'm not going to – that the Rest of Talk podcast isn't going to be at Celeb Fest 3 because they've already been naming some big names already. And so, you know, I mean, shoot, they, they just named the uh, Brooklyn Ballers going to be there this uh, today. So the Brooklyn Ballers going to be at Celeb Fest 3. Well, I'm going to say this, um, you know, 
there's not much that out of all the memories that I have, I will say, why the hell did you use your golden ticket in the first <laughs> round? <laughs> really? Why? Because I'm Daniel Jones, and that's that's what I did. Because I wanted to make sure Demolition went as far as they possibly could have gone. My, and, my you know, I would rather Demolition win, but, you know, the the road warriors i'm okay with the road warriors. <laughs> maestro maestro can you can, can would you expect anything less from someone who's a fan of the snitch exactly i mean that is true He's you know what of- just think hey wait joe i'm glad you mentioned that chris just think now you and the snitch can go out for donuts now that you'll have more free time exactly cuz i love donuts i absolutely <laughs> love donuts so i have no problem going Hanging out with the snitch and eating a bunch of donuts. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah. well, we little nightmare. You, it's been it's been a great pleasure getting to know you, and I know we're still gonna we're still gonna talk. You know, like you said, yeah. you're not going anywhere. So, absolutely, so. absolutely. Well, gentlemen, the the show is yours. Nightmare Jones is signing out. All right, brother. Please. Good to see you. All right. Well, so, uh, Maestro. Hoss, are you ready for our first guest of the evening? I'm ready. All right. Please welcome the promoter of WCWC. He's a longtime broadcaster. He's done radio. He's done TV. He's done probably a little bit of everything. He's been a manager, jack-of-all-trades promoter. Please welcome in Mr. Jeff Manning. Oh, cut. Christ. (laughs) <laughs> By the way, um, where are the damn donuts? I mean, if we're going to talk food, I had a great one of these big cinnamon rolls. It's about like yay big with the um, the uh, maple frosting on it earlier oh. today. Oh I'm still got maple frosting disease. It's horrible. Oh my that's god! By the way, that's an insulin shot waiting to happen. I'm gonna oh. say. I'm gonna say uh, that sounds really good. And where can um, I'm, I'm? I need to. Do I need to go up to the west? Do I need to go to the west coast to get one of those? Uh, come oh, up, come my up favorite to- place is still down in uh, Newport Beach, California, right on the pier at Newport. A donut place that makes the best ones, and they're like this big. <sighs> also, before I forget here, there is no way in hell Nightmare won't be back within three months. People in wrestling do not retire. They may die, <laughs> but they don't retire. Okay, let's clarify that. You know back. what? You're in it till you're dead. You're right. I've been All trying right. to retire for 10 years. It ain't working. <laughs> so, <laughs> so I have to move furniture for my wife because I have nothing going on wrestling tonight. This is great. Now I'm tired. You know, she doesn't care. <laughs> and, I, now you have, and now you have to interview with a bunch of knuckleheads like us. So, uh, um, uh, Well, let me see. Maestro, you know, well, never mind. It's not. Uh, I, well, I mean, you, you hung, apparently you hung out a little bit with Luke Roberts this summer. So uh, two knuckleheads and me. Wait I'm a so, minute. I was yeah. hanging out with his wife. He just happened to tag along. Oh yeah, his, <laughs> his wife is way better than he. No, I'm just kidding. I, I have nothing but love for Luke. He's my boss in the media department at Dynamo Pro Wrestling. <laughs> That's why you love him. He's your boss. <laughs> Wow. I mean, There's no kissing up going on here tonight. No, no, no kissing up. Mm-hmm. So, 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 Jeff, what you been up to lately? How what's go, what's uh, going on? What's going on in the Pacific Northwest? You don't want to know. Um, <laughs> I don't know how COVID affects a lot of people everywhere else. <clears throat> uh, shows are running. We have not started up yet. A uh, couple reasons. Um, we still have the damn commission here in Oregon, and every other week they change their mind: can we run? Can we not run? Uh, it's been cool since the first of october 
but I'm still concerned that they're going to, if, if we plan a big show, when the winter surge hits, as it were, of COVID, if it, if it surges again, that we're going to be shut down again. So I'm kind of holding off till January. Uh, I There are some promotions that are running, but maybe half of them, if that many. I know two in Oregon have each run one show this month. Uh, there's a couple coming up next month. One that ran a show is not running a show next month. So it is what it is. But I stay busy. I get to uh, go out to Rocky Mountain Pro in Colorado and help them. I age in a bit and, and critique the matches for the kids. I have to do that pretty well drunk, but that's, I guess, not uncommon when you're critiquing a match in this business. Well, yeah. Yeah. I mean, uh, we, we, uh, me and Jeremy both work for Dynamo Pro. And we, uh, we've only had a handful of shows back. And our first show back, it was just like everyone was ready to come out, ready to come out. And then, you know, I think people are now a little worried. So it's we're kind of ebbing and flowing. So yeah. We still have, we got a couple of shows left, but we also have a, we also have an athletic commission here in Missouri. So sometimes they just like to make make things up as they go along. But well, you know. don't we all do that? Um, I'm also been to uh, to Northwest Pro up in Seattle, which just got back this weekend from helping them with the show. So I'm staying busy, and it's nice in a way not to be the boss. Right. Well, well, you just you, you, you can know, go I mean, in. You, you can go and do your job and go and go home. That's pretty much that's pretty much it. So they want me to stay and drink till like three in the morning. <laughs> I don't go past one thirty anymore. I just can't take that extra hour and a half. No, I'm just I've gotten to that point too. I'm forty. I'm 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 forty five, and I'm already to that point where I, uh, about midnight hits. I'm not done. So I'm not telling my age, but uh, <laughs> I'm old enough to know better. Not that I do, but I'm old enough to know better. <laughs> right. And uh, so we're still looking. By the way, in case you have any of your viewers, listeners, I've assembled a little box of swag. If you want to have some kind of contest with a listener or something, I've got. One of the infamous WC water bottles. I think you guys got those in the mail a while back. I was not part of that. I was not part of that at that time. I well, was... I better. Well, we'll have to take care of that then. Yeah. You can <laughs> email me your address or text me your address, and I'll make sure you get it. But I've got that, a couple of other pieces of swag. So if you want to give something away tonight to somebody, just uh, text me. Just get their name and mailing address, and I'll send them a box of goods. Awesome, awesome, awesome. So uh, you've been in the. Re- How long have you been in the wrestling business? Too damn long. Um, I think we're pushing twenty-five years now. Okay. Do you remember your first four? <laughs> Age four, yeah, right. If I remember the bio right, you started as a commentator. Or no, a I started as a referee. A referee. I refereed most of my career. Did some managing. Uh, I'd been in radio and TV in California all my employed life, pretty much, and so I started doing color commentary for our two TV shows. We had, of course, Paragon ran out of Vegas for a couple of years in uh, mm-hmm. 2014 to sixteen. And then we were on the Fox TV station here in Portland for four and a half years. And I did commentary on that one most of the time. So once again, it's like when you're in broadcasting, it's hard to get out. Right. Being in broadcasting and wrestling, yeah, I'm, I do know. <laughs> I'm screwed over. I, I'm stuck. I'm, what am I going to do? <laughs> I'll die in a ring doing an interview, probably be my luck. Or, 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 on the, or on the radio doing an interview with some some random wrestler that just coming up that's, you know, you know. That no, that no one knows, but you know, it's all good though. Jeremy, you got any, what you got? Yeah. So I was going to say, you know, you talk about uh, basically being in broadcast hell with that. Yeah. That's, that's going to be me too. I'm right there with you. Um, Broadcasting. uh, Not as damn long, but long enough. I've been, I'm almost pushing a decade of journalism being in the field of journalism. I've been doing broadcasting stuff for, oh gosh, probably. I remember my first podcast was in 2012. Okay. So just just so you, just so you know, Jeremy is south of thirty. So um, I'm 26. I don't <laughs> look. 
you know. All right, quick quick side note, Jeff. You'll get a kick <laughs> out of this. Uh, the Dynamo Pro Show would, on Sunday, uh, uh, Crosby, Stills, and Nash Hong came on, and Chris over here. I asked Chris if it was Crosby, Stills, and Nash, and he says, "Oh, I don't know." I was like, "Well, you're old," and he goes, "Oh, well, gee, thanks." I said, "Look, give me credit for at least knowing it's Crosby, Stills, and Nash, because how many twenty six year olds you think know that?" Like. Well, before that, it was Crosby, Stills, Nash, and Young. That's how old I yep. am. Yeah. <laughs> oh, gosh. My, my old radio DJ days from the uh, 1970s and 80s. God damn it, I'm old. <laughs> we, love you. we love you regardless. Well, let me ask. Um, so what got you into uh, first becoming a professional referee? Wasn't it when you met a uh, disc jockey in the Bay Area? Uh, he was. I was working in beautiful, sunny Stockton, California. And uh, Pat Kelly, who was the who founded WC with me back in 2014 or 15, uh, pardon me, um, 2005, um, they brought him in. They had me train him. And he'd been doing ring announcing at the Cow Palace. And somehow we get it off. I trained him in, in radio. And he got me into the wrestling business. I'd always been a, a, a semi-closet fan. Back in my day when we had those little tiny black and white TV sets, you know, that Oh yeah, you could have in the bedroom, and if you heard mom coming, you had to shut it off real quick. But there was no remote, and I used to watch wrestling. And then on uh, weekends, I'd go down to the old Olympic Auditorium in beautiful Los Angeles, and I'd watch. Uh, we'd do wrestling for five bucks on Friday night, and roller derby for five bucks on Saturday night. It was a hell of a life, mm-hmm. and that's so, how I got started. And then the managing—I never wanted to, to be a wrestler. That was just you know too much effort. I still had to train, as all of us did, or should have if you haven't. But uh, Right. You know, I like to referee. I've refereed other legit sports in my time. So, uh, you know, I, I guess it's in your blood, even if this is not totally unpredictable. Right. And, you know, you mentioned like when you watch it on when you watch it on like the TVs, the little black and white ones. Well, we had for the longest time a uh, it was a color one. It was one of the first uh, big color ones, the big uh, Zenith console TVs. Ooh. We've had that, and uh, we're gonna have to get rid of it now because it stopped working a few years ago. But it was working for 30, 40 years. I mean, and uh, it's it, probably worth more now not working than it was when it was working. Somebody will buy it as a piece of history. Well, that's and, the thing, and like we used it for the one talk to Joe. <laughs> Nightmare could use it. Nice, yeah, I was gonna say. Um, so I have to say, so how when did you first move into? or I should say, when did you move to Oregon out of beautiful Stockton, California? <laughs> um, that would be 1993. Uh, I was running my marketing business uh, that I've been running after I got out of radio, which I still have part-time. That's all the swag you guys always get to see. Yeah. And um, my wife was working for the Gannett newspaper chain. There was a local paper in Stockton. That's part of what USA Today is part of. And I had a a sports event up in Eugene, Oregon. I figured, okay, I know there's a um, paper, a Gannett paper in Salem. I've never been to Oregon. I'll go and just see what's going on there. If I told my wife in advance, she would have divorced me on the spot, but I got her (laughs) with a job there with the same job she was doing in California and they gave her an offer uh, and she took it and we moved. So that's how I got up here. (laughs) Awesome. So, so Jeff, uh, you, you said you're a manager and referee. What in the world drew you to being becoming a promoter? Because what? I was an idiot. No, <laughs> um, I think I told this one an earlier visit here. Um, I wanted to run a show just to run it. So in Oregon, you've got to have a license to run shows. The, the boys don't need to be licensed, but the promoter has to be. 
So uh, the, the place I was refereeing most of the time for, I asked the promoter, hey, I'd like to run a show in Salem. Um, would you be the promoter behind it? I'll you know keep your storylines and your people. You can book this show. I don't care. So we did it. Their booker, um, who is no longer uh, with us, he was a really nice guy, but a crappy booker. He uh, did a shitty job on the show. Uh, so I decided, I asked him, I, the, the promoter, can I do another show? And I'm going to bring a couple of guys in, but we'll keep storylines. And we did. And the show was better than the first one. But the booker got pissed off because he wasn't booking the show. And I told him, why not? Me being one of those guys that speaks my mind, I said, because the first show was pretty crappy. I don't think you wanted us to have a successful show. So I decided to go out and get a license and start my own shows. Uh, sometimes if you really believe in what you're doing, you just got to go for it. And yeah. that was in 2005. So where does where does WCW WCWC wrestle out of? I mean, we're uh, right now when we do we're just out of Salem right now. Salem. Uh, we're going to be expanding outside of the West Coast. We changed the name from West Coast Wrestling Connection to WCWC Wrestling for a reason uh, a couple of years ago because we're going to be moving outside of the West Coast. Uh, this is good. I'm, if people from the West Coast are listening, I apologize for this next statement, but the wrestling in the Northwest and the, the, the people that are involved with it generally, I would say 75% or more are total assholes. It's all over the country. You know, it, it, there's politics in this business, like there wasn't broadcasting. Amen. <laughs> but <clears throat> I don't mind if people say that Manning's an idiot. God, I hate WC, WC shows. Of course, they keep coming, even though they hate it, which always makes me laugh. But when you start talking crap on social media and slander me, I have a problem with that. And it's been happening a lot for the last couple of years. So we'll probably still run shows in Oregon sporadically, but I can't discuss new locations yet, but I'll be able to probably in about three or four months. Awesome. I mean, awesome. Yeah. Uh, you know, there's going to be politics elsewhere too, but I think there's something with the Northwest. I don't know what it is. Uh, there are more keyboard warriors than any other part of the country. I swear to God on, on, on social media. And it's because there's so fans. No. Yeah. <laughs> Um, I, I mean, it's just the, the. I mean, politics. It happens all over the place. We deal with it here in St. Louis. I dealt with it for years. You know, you just. I've dealt with I've, it. I've, I've, but I'm, I'm kind of one of those people that you know what? I try to get along with everybody, and I don't talk bad about anybody because I don't want anybody bad talking about me. But I know, I, I'm sure people talk about me behind my back. But you know what? I don't care. Well, the one that. that, that well, thank God for that. I got a few things to say, but <laughs> the one that really pissed me off, and I kind of laugh about it now, is the one guy who was slandering me. I've never even met or talked to him. At least have the balls to talk to me and then tell right. me what a I am. But right. you never met me and never talked to me. How can you judge me? The same with you guys. Right. right. They do. That's, that's the new era. Yeah. And it's kind of sickens me. So. Just, just like, just like you said, keyboard warriors. That's, that's keyboard it. Warriors. And you know, I'm going to, let's put it this way. Like they all, and they also want to, it's not so much just want to come at you, but they want to make sure it's publicly known that they're coming at you. That way it hurts you. Cause I've had many chances of getting good jobs, you know, but people, you know, behind the keyboard will say their shit and it is what it is. You know, we just, we live, we work, we do our best. Right. And I never um, respond to anything. I will not respond or no. start any, even, even start a conversation. And usually yeah. it goes away. Well, here's my question for you. So, you know, like I said, you or like you've said, you've dealt with a lot of uh, terrible politics. You've dealt with a lot. Hi, Luke. We're right with Hi, you. Luke. <laughs> um, Excuse me. You weren't invited in here. <laughs> oh, I see how it is. I'm I don't care who the hell you so, are. 
So Luke, 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 Jeff, Jeff told me a little secret that you were lying to me when you went up to Oregon this past up to the Pacific Northwest. Yeah, and Jeff said that he wasn't hanging with you. You were just there. That he was hanging with your wife. So, uh, well, I may have to have a conversation on that one. But <laughs> no, first of all, I got to say uh, thank you, gentlemen. You knew the right time to get out of the office today. I spent the last two hours having to deal with the snitches' legal representation over the strange donut snafu, and you know. The one name that got mentioned the most wasn't you, Chris, but it was Jeremy Carp. What did Jeremy do? I don't know what the problem was, but that's all that the representation said for the past two plus hours. And I'm happy. I'm out now. I got a chance to get my business done for the day. And we're now going to go back Jeff, to Jeff Manning here on the road. You'll have your time later when I'm Jeff, gone. Jeff, can you can you can you uh, help Luke out? Maybe give him some advice on how to deal with a with a pain in the butt wrestler, or you know, fire him like I do. <laughs> <laughs> it's real simple. And then they have to come back four months later, apologizing for all their misbehaviors. Well, then the snitch would have been gone a while ago. I'll tell you that. <laughs> oh, that just adds to the mystique of the snitch, I think. It really would. Now, Jeff, we were listening uh, earlier on. Excuse me, Jeremy uh, was asking a question earlier. Can he finish, please? Sure. Why not? <laughs> yeah, I was going to say. I like I this. I like this Jeff wants. guy. I think we okay. need to bring him. I think he needs to come to St. Louis for a little I've bit. I've interviewed hey. him before. I've talked to him. He's a great guy. All right, Jeff, right. i got to ask you. So, you know, we were talking about how the Northwest is – at least in the in the scope of professional wrestling, full of keyboard warriors, asshole politics, things of that nature. As you, as a part of WCWC, what type of message are you trying to convey? What type of picture are you trying to create? And what type of promotion are you trying to promote that will set you apart from all the rest? Well, when you have so many promotions locally, it's hard to say. We have maintained our old school approach since day one. Old school with a new school twist. You've got to stay a little more modern in some cases, but we still have good versus evil. Good is chasing evil doesn't usually get there. They do eventually. Um, we have guys that I'd rather have a guy whose skill level is maybe not 100% of what I want, but it's got a good attitude. And we've had great locker rooms. We had about a year and a half period of time when things went a little bit south, but we changed bookers and uh, teachers in the, in the school, and it came right back up to the level that we expect. Uh, we work the guys hard, but we have fun at the same time. Um, anybody can talk to me any time. I'm not that promoter way up in the back of the sky that everybody's afraid to go up to. I don't yell and scream at anybody in public. And if I've really got to chew somebody's ass, I try not to yell. I'll take it, you know, outside or in the back office somewhere. And then if they yell, then I just say we're done. It's just and then call Luke and take it out on him. <laughs> He'd probably be crying by now with some of the things I've <laughs> He hasn't been doing it long enough, but yeah. All right, Luke, you have my permission. You can talk to Jeff now. Go ahead. Well, thank you, Jeremy. Now, now Jeff, we were talking earlier about uh, the wide variety of things you've done in professional wrestling, and I have to ask, you've talked about politics. You've talked about all of your travels. My question is, if you could give any advice to an up-and-coming wrestler that's getting ready to enter the world of professional wrestling, what advice would you share with them? First thing, if you have a significant other, make sure he or she – or they understand what they're getting into if they're with you. That is the number one thing. I've seen more relationships broken because whoever is the wrestler in the group, it becomes their life, and it becomes your life, whether you like it or not. I'm fortunate. I've been married, I'll be very honest, 45 years, got married at age 12. Uh, not really, but I've been married 45 years. <laughs> and she's put up with a lot, but she understood from day one. I was in broadcasting at the time, hadn't gotten into wrestling yet. 
she understood. And that's why we're still together, you know. Um, but that is number one. Make sure that your, your your partner understands. Number two, be honest. It would be a nice change if people in the business could tell the truth. Um, and number three, be real. Those are the three type things. Just be yourself, who you are. Don't try to be somebody else. You can emulate some of the other wrestlers out there, but you've got to be yourself, your persona, your style, whatever it is you are. Those are the three things I tell anybody. And then also I tell them, since no promoter hardly will ever tell you the ins and outs of the business, so you have a chance to make more money and advance, they can talk to me and I'll give them some hints on how to survive in the business in spite of all the crap that goes on. Well, Jeff, I got to tell you, that's a lot of great advice that you shared with all the listeners here. Do I send the bill to Luke podcast. for the $99 for the consultation here, guys? <laughs> send it to him. Send it to him. I mean, you might not get paid. You probably send it to collections. But okay, I mean, we'll sell it for the four dozen donuts then. That's all right. <laughs> well, my, my only other question right now, and I'm going to send things back over to Chris here in just a moment, is this. You've been in pro wrestling like myself, like Chris. We've all been in professional wrestling for a long time. What would you say has been the greatest change in professional wrestling over the course of your career? Okay. Kayfabe has always been kind of a lost cause in many cases, but I see some of the big promotions just almost flaunting the fact that it's, it's predetermined and not as real as it looks. We don't do that. We have some of our fans when the baby face loses, we've had women in the audience break down in tears because they believe it's all true. And I think if we get back to a little more realism, I think some of the crowds might pick up. There's a niche again, like the PWGs and the places that are all, you know, just a spot fest. And that's okay. But I think if more places knew how to do a little older school style, they might be surprised that their audiences would be more than 25 people. It's my personal opinion. And I have to say that uh, I've kind of seen an attitude change in the actual wrestlers at times, you know, oh, yeah. uh, selfish. It's, it's the me time for them too. Um, yeah, because, because it's a lot of them. So, I wouldn't say all of them, but some of them, don't feel like they need to pay their due, you know, help set up, help set up, tear down, you know, that's just something that's, that's gone over time. I feel, cause I remember when I was first starting to be a referee, the only time you got to train in a ring, there were no schools back in that time, really, uh, unless you wanted to pay big money to go out to AAW with, uh, uh, the one guy out there from the Beyond the Mat film, but uh, he, uh, but if you if you didn't get the ring set up before the show, you didn't have any training time in ring training time. So you were you were basically training on wrest like old school wrestling mats. So yep. yeah, so it was better than nothing. But a, a lot of the young kids today, I wouldn't even take on care how talented they are. Uh, they have a, just a shitty attitude. They are. It's all about them, and they know what they're doing. They've 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 trained for a month, and now they want the main event. Right, they're right. lucky to get a battle royal after three or four months sometimes with us. Right, I mean, yeah, that's that's the one thing about the Dynamo Pro Dojo is they uh they we don't put them on a show until they're absolutely really really ready. We're 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 kind of an old school dojo in that way. So, so why the hell is Luke still working? <laughs> I'm working on, on e e emphasis on the word old, old, old school. I mean. Luke, Luke is actually a pretty decent referee. Well, used to be a pretty decent referee. So, I mean, he ha he hasn't done it in a while, but you know, he uh, did help. He did help train our two of our new referees. So, and, and, and he's good. been instrumental for me. So, good. I'm telling you, he's he's been a dear friend for. I a know while. I'm picking on Luke a little bit, but since Nightmare's gone, I got to pick on somebody. And you can't <laughs> exactly, and he's the perfect. He's perfect. And, and Luke is yeah. I mean, he does. He kind of deserves it. I hear from Luke about once once or twice a week. Because we because of Dynamo Media and it's just sometimes I just go, 
Man, we talk a lot. (laughs) But I will say something that if I ever need something that needs time fill, where you know something happens at the beginning of the show, if there's ever I need time fill, I send Luke out there because Luke Luke has got the gift of gab and he can talk for. I mean, you you probably know Jeff. I mean, well, we had our our very first TV taping in Portland. Uh, I. I'm always the pre-show warm-up, anybody like a TV game show, get the crowd pumped, and I, I do that as my Morty character that they love to hate or hate to hate. And I ended up having to, uh, I told we got a, a little delay here. There's a little problem with the equipment, the lighting or the sound or something. So I'm out there in the ring doing some more shtick, and then I see the old stretch sign. The stretch sign was an hour and five minutes of me ad-libbing. <laughs> wow. I, I had the cameraman telling jokes. I had Adam Pierce was up in the balcony, threw a banana at me. I threw it back. We did whatever we could do to make that hour and five. I'm minutes. not. I'm not sure Luke could go an hour and five minutes, but uh, if I can make a joke, but I'm not. But you, if anyone could do it in St. Louis, it would probably be Luke. I mean, he would have to say the same thing over and over again, like he's got like some kind of something wrong with his head that he's been hit the head too many times. But you know, oh, you gotta have hey, new Chris- material for the whole hour and five minutes. Pal. No repeats. Yeah, Did, I didn't. Th- I didn't think. I didn't think this Jeff Manning interview was going to turn into the Bash Luke Roberts hour. I mean, <laughs> well, it would have if he hadn't shown up. Yeah. Well, Chris, I was surprised you didn't share the story. This is a true story. I don't think I've ever shared this on the Wrestle Talk podcast before. I know I haven't shared it with Jeff in our conversations throughout the world. I remember when I got hired on to be the media relations director of Dynamo Pro Wrestling, and it was Chris's one of his first events as being the voice of Dynamo Pro, and the first match made it to the ring. And I'm sitting here, I'm talking to media people, I'm having a good time. Gentleman gets up on the second rope, and no sooner does he get on the second rope, the bottom rope breaks. I mean, that's... I mean, and? And I, I, I've ne- I don't think I've run that midges, fast. If it wouldn't have been a problem. Yeah, that's true. But when it comes out to it, I don't think I've run that fast in quite a long time. I had an opportunity. The Dynamo Pro heavyweight champion was in the locker room, and I told him that we were going to go ahead and have an interview with him, and uh, I'll be honest with you. He's like, when's my interview going to start? And his music starts playing as I'm telling him. <laughs> so, like I said, it's one of those where professional wrestling is great. It's an I, awesome may, I, I may I may have actually seen Luke jump a barricade for the first time in my life. I that mean, is true. I, I believe he I believe he complained about it for the next week, but that's okay. So. That is true. That is true. So, well, like I said, I think at this point, Chris, I'm going to go ahead and turn things back over to you because I was looking at the clock, and it's about time for that important part. Of the first hour of the Russell Talk podcast, I know Jeff's giving us a lot of great stuff. Before you head out, before you head out, I gotta tell you, um, you know, I'm sorry that the legal representation of the snitch has been having my name the past couple hours, but you tell them that I've been in the ear of the Missouri Athletic uh, Commission for a while, so you let them know. <laughs> well, I'll make it a point. I know I'm probably going to get a call from them tomorrow, and probably everything else I'm going to get calls from tomorrow. But like I said. I want to say thank you to you, Jeff, for coming on the program this evening. I also want to say a thank you, even though he's not here right now tonight, Mayor Jones, as Chris mentioned earlier. Uh, we started Dynamo Pro Media several years ago. The Russell Talk podcast was one of the first to have us on the program. Uh, Nightmare Jones, uh, Renee Martinez, and the late Rick Rose. Uh, and again, great times have had many, many, many great times with the Russell Talk podcast. And again, hopefully, many, many more. Jeff, I'm going to go ahead and turn things over to Chris. I will be in touch with you soon. Continue safe in all your travels. I do love and, you, in spite of the fact you're fun to pick. You're easy to pick on, but that's why it's <laughs> fun. But oh, I, I, like I said, with, dude. 
no with, what with, having, about you. with having with having Rodell and, and Jeremy in the office, I mean, again, it's always fun, just like it is on the Russell Talk podcast. Gentlemen, mm-hmm. I'm going to go ahead and head on back to work here. I still got some things I got to take care of for work. upcoming Dynamo Pro. Gentlemen, yeah. hey Chris, like I said, man, it's been it's been a great weekend. I'm going to turn things back over to you because it's one of the most important times of the week. Gentlemen, have a great evening. I have actually, I actually have one more question I want to ask before we go, uh, Jeff. If there's one wrestler in the in past or present that you would love to have an opportunity to work with, past or present, who would you who would you want to work with? Luke Roberts. Just beat the hell out of him. <laughs> well, other than myself, of course, because that would be selfish. You know, um, old school, and I don't know why. Um, Freddie Blassie was always one of my favorite guys. He spent most of the match biting his opponents, and for some reason, he just had such a great personality. And I don't know why I've always picked him as one of my favorites of all time, but I would, I never got a chance to work with him. I met him, you know, as a fan a couple times. Um, I, I got to work with uh, Paul Bearer a lot. He worked for me a few times as Percy Pringle. I worked with him down at uh, uh, Championship Wrestling from Hollywood as well. He's my favorite that I've worked with over over the years. But I would have loved to have met and worked. I would love to have managed Freddie Blassie when he was still working, not managing. I don't know why. I can't answer it. I'm screwed up, aren't I? Well, well, you you hung out with Luke for a little bit. In, in I mean, summertime. that that so, already drops the brakes. But, but no, we I've I've actually really enjoyed I've really enjoyed this. Uh, but before we let you go, we have one segment that we like to do. It's our shoot and shout it. shoot and shout segment. We're going to give you about fifteen seconds to just doesn't have to be about wrestling. Could be about life in general. Um, we'll let you go ahead and start things off, Jeff. But then we'll get oh. your we'll get your. Gentlemen, before we start, oh, do we have? I, the... I do have music back. Oh, okay. We yes. got a th- we got a theme song for this one, Jeff. So here we go. Let's give it a try. Patiently waiting. It's just one of those days when you don't want to wake up. Everything is fucked, everybody sucks You don't really know why, but you want to justify Ripping someone's head off No human contact, and you interact Life's on contract, your best bet's to stay How do I follow that with anything intelligent? <laughs> I forgot, I forgot, Jeremy hasn't, Jeremy hasn't heard, Jeremy hasn't heard right now. Jeremy no, hasn't heard that because I never heard it. This is his first time. Help me forget it. This is this is his first time being on the show since we've we've had that new theme song. So. Oh, God. Uh, Jeff, you well, want to start? I'm going to give start? you a five second ramp, and then I'm going to take my 15 seconds for a new project we have that I was going to talk okay, about. Okay, absolutely, absolutely. The rat is, especially wrestlers. I touched on it earlier. Be yourself. Grow up. And don't be fucking idiots. Okay. Keep the job. <laughs> And treat everybody with respect in the business, or else. We have a project coming up in Las Vegas. We're starting a production show revolving around lucha wrestling with old school variety acts. We're gonna have a sword swallower, guy lighting himself on fire, a contortionist, and some four to five minute lucha matches all rolled into a, an eighty five minute production show four nights a week, starting awesome. early twenty twenty two. Where's that going to, which is that going to be the hotel down there? Or? It should be in one of the casinos. We have meetings. I've been down there a lot lately. I'm going back on the eighth and ninth. We're meeting with a couple of major players in Vegas, awesome. one of whom found us and want, they saw our little, our little sizzle reel, I guess. And it, it's one of the top four players in Vegas. So awesome. Fingers awesome. crossed on that. That's, so that's nothing going to rant about other than, 
you know the usual. Just just don't just be a nice guy. So uh, just be yourself. Uh, I go give away that. Go give away that swag pack. Yes. Uh, make sure, uh, just so you know, make sure you, uh, to all the fans out there, like and share the uh, Russell, the Russell Talk uh, link, and we'll pick a winner later on tonight. Uh, and we'll, we'll, we'll get it. a hold of you via DM, and then we'll send the information to Jeff. Jeff, do you have any other uh, social media information that you want to give out? The website, maybe, for no, WCWC? the website is kind of stagnant until we start up again. Just uh, it's wc wc.com. Um, at the WC, WC on all the other social medias, you'll find us. All right, Jeff, it has been a real pleasure for you. Absolutely. It's fun to come back. It's my third time, and I'll come back. Whenever you're bored or can't find somebody, you can always give me a call. Right, and and maybe – I have no life. And maybe one one of these days I'm going to get up to the Pacific Northwest, and maybe we can – maybe we can uh, take in a Seattle Kraken game maybe or something. I don't know how – I don't know how close you live to Seattle, but uh, uh, I was there this weekend, three hours to the airport, so about three and a half hours to uh, downtown Seattle. Awesome, awesome, Jeff. Thanks for coming out, and we hope that you come back on the Wrestle Talk podcast. Thanks for being a part of the Wrestle Talk. Thank you for being a part of the Wrestle Talk family. Always a pleasure, guys. Good luck, and good luck keeping Luke in hand. It's not going to be easy, but I know. I'm going to talk, I'm gonna have to talk to him after the show's over with probably. So that's okay. Yeah, I was going to say, it'll be like an hour conversation. on the Right. Phone. I won't be able to go. To, I won't be able to go to bed in a decent hour. So thanks, right. Jeff. Thank you very much. Appreciate it. Have a great day. You Take too, care. Jeff. Good night, bud. Oh, man. Oh, man. He's a ball full of energy, isn't he? I freaking love Jeff Manning. It is always a pleasure having him on. I was I was thankful to interview him. He said this was his third time. I interviewed him the second time he was on. And he was just as pissed off at Luke Roberts as he was this time. So that's I mean, great. I mean, it's honestly easy to do. So, I mean. It is. And, I, and, but, and all jokes aside, he is such a great guy. And what I love most about him is his passion for the business. Right. You know? and, and, and his advice to the wrestlers, I think that was absolutely perfect. Is like, you know, basically, don't be an asshole. You know? I mean, don't, don't be an asshole. I mean. I mean, I know Haas takes it takes in a whole bunch of independent events up in the West Virginia and Virginia area. Uh, I, I mean, we you're we part of Dynamo Pro Wrestling, and I can honestly say none of the people that I've interacted with in Dynamo are you know are self absorbed. I mean, Camaro Jackson couldn't be one. Of, it couldn't. Camaro is so nice. He is like, I mean, he but, saw him on Sunday and gave me a big old hug. I freaking love that guy. But what? But when he's in the ring, it's like he's gonna kill you. He's gonna toss. Yeah. He's gonna pick you up. He's gonna toss you across. I thought he was gonna toss uh, CJ Shine across the uh, South Broadway Athletic Club. So I mean, CJ, you know, what cracked me up. Um, and technically, I don't even know if we're still on the shooting shot, but I want to say about CJ Shine for a second. I mean, this guy had his own fan club on Sunday show. And, yeah, you talk about nice guys. He's probably one of the nicest guys you would ever meet. He, You see him in the morning before the show or in the afternoon before the show, and he just comes in with a big smile on his face, and he's walking around to the ring during the show, and women are flaunting dollars at him. And <laughs> uh, I know – and, and I, um, I know, and I know you don't. I know, I know, I don't think you know him very well. Uh, the late Keon Option, he used to be that way too. He would come in, he would bring the positivity. He'd be, he'd be more laid back than CJ and Camaro, but he would be always give you the positive word. And you know, I just, it just, uh, it just, it just awesome. And I will tell you that the new guys, like the No Row models and and the Ryu Kendricks and the uh, Kimons that we saw on the show, Moses and all them, there. was uh, was. They're learning from Camaro and Mike Outlaw. 
they're learning how to do it. Like, you know, they're learning how to present themselves. So I, I, I have nothing but love for Mike Outlaw and Camaro Jackson with the way, with the way they're helping out. They're all part of team ambition with Davey Richards down at the dojo. So it's just, it's and just awesome. I do. Want, I want to give one more quick shout out to a wrestler in Dynamo Pro, Benjamin Trust, the the president of the United States of Slam. And I say him because um, this, and this is actually kind of a, a heartfelt thing. So I've been struggling a lot with like with eating and trying to get back into shape and everything. And the past few shows, I've talked to Ben. He's given me great advice. I mean, I don't know if I can eat the 300 grams of protein a day like he does, no. but nevertheless he gives me great advice he's really like helped me and he's been a confidence booster for me and i i hope he watches the show so like he knows how much it means to me so i guess before we get out to the to a break shout out to mike outlaw for adding another title to his uh belt collection oh. he, he's the river city champion uh he holds the title of glory pro Missouri State champion. Yeah, and that, and he also holds the MWR Missouri State champion, a championship that was that was vacant for the longest time because the the champion that had it, uh, Farmer Billy Hills, retired because of an, because of an injury. So, and we and this was the first time that we had the number one and two wrestlers in the same building in Missouri in that long. Uh, Moses was number two. Mike Outlaw was number one. So, uh, shout out to Mike Outlaw. He's gonna need a, he's gonna need a second bag just for his title belts. So, yeah, or, or knowing you know what, I have a better idea. Let's just have the snitch uh, carry the belts. Make that's the only way he's gonna ever have a belt on his shoulders. <laughs> I'm gonna tell him you said that. You know, let him. I don't care. I'm ready. <laughs> like I said, like I told Luke, I got it right here. The Missouri Division of Professional Registration. <laughs> Uh, man, this has been a pretty good first uh, segment of the show. What do you What do you think, Hoss? How do you think things are going? What do you think of Jeff Manning? Oh, I, I believe this is the uh, second time that I've seen Manning as well, and you know it. It's been a great first hour, and he's always a pleasure to have on. And just uh, you know, I'm really looking forward to the second hour. So and yeah, I know Matt, uh, Matt, Mad Max Morrison is going to be on with us in, a, in just a ooh, in just a little bit. So uh, let's take us a short break so we can so we can get some water in us and uh, uh, take care of some business. And then uh, Hoss, you got a song you can play us for the break, or what, yep. what, we, what, what we got coming up? Yeah, we're going to take a short break and uh, we're going to listen to a song here by by our man Remy Ricks. So. We'll be back here in just a couple minutes. All right, cool. Thanks, Thanks. folks. Return of the D was imminent. Step into the mic, it's like a brand new lyricist. I'm here to do what should have been done 10 years ago. You can't fuck with me. I'm stepping out the shadows. So walking overloaded, I'm ready to explode. I'm Setting your skills like Highlander, one slice, and I watch your head roll. It's a lyrical kamikaze when I upload on the mic. I'm ending everything I see. It's destruction on sight. Most it sound like a track with no bass. That's a dead beat. 
Me on the other hand, I'm shattering the concrete. Breaking down the doors, the mouse and enemies within the opportunities. It's survival. I ain't going nowhere. I got immunity more. Calculating, gruesome, and devastating. And ever, ever, sharper, lyrical spears that pierce straight through the armor. Golden, harder, kitchen, farther. the second segment second hour of the wrestle talk podcast episode 368 uh hoss uh, uh we, we just had jeff manning on earlier who great 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 interview uh i think we need to talk talk about the sponsors what do you think what do you think we need to talk, hit, hit those sponsors back up there one more time do you have the list i'm, I'm looking for- i got the list right here for okay you. cool cool jeremy you hit it this time because i'm i can't all right, now I'll do the intro for our dear friend, Mad Max himself. Okay. All right, folks. So our sponsors for this wonderful show are The Conspiracy Farm, Kincaid, Interstate 70 Sports Media, shout out to my teammates, um, Esports Bar KC, Royal Mills Transportation, Painter's Dream Productions, the FWWC, um, I believe Rathbun Engraving, is that correct? Get where you get all those wonderful engraved mugs for the low, low price of $20. I mean, come on. You're not only supporting us, you're supporting yourself. If you want a little bit of selfishness in there, just by having your own engraving in there. And on top of that, I mean, come on. Every drink's greater when it has something about you on it. And um, are we forgetting any? No, I don't think so. Uh, did we get uh, Me Fiesta Reynolds? Ah. Mm, we did now. Me Fiesta Reynolds. All right, Hoss, tell us about Me Fiesta Reynolds because obviously you know more about it than I do. Uh, <laughs> just, weeks, folks. A- anytime you're planning a party in the greater Kansas City area, be sure to uh, reach out to Me Fiesta Reynolds. They'll be able to hook you up and uh, and get you any type of party going that you want to have and uh, – be a, be a blast, guaranteed. And, 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 and real quick, Hoss, throw up that. Uh, you have that. You have that Russell Talk mug from Rathbun and Green with you that you can you can show everybody what they got, what they can get. Yeah, yeah. 
Yeah. It's got our logo on it, and uh, you can have your name imprinted at the bottom. Mine's there, Hardcore Haas, and only $20. They're just awesome mugs, I tell you, and they're bar-quality mugs. And longer than a T-shirt. And we are having a special clearance sale. All Nightmare Jones mugs are 50% off. <laughs> Who wants a Nightmare Jones mug? Hey, anyway, uh, but make sure make sure oh, you make make sure you like and share. Make sure you like and share the podcast. We'll get with uh Night Owl later on and pick a pick us a winner from uh from you can win some uh swag. We'll get you some swag from uh WCWC oh, from Jeff Manning. So uh so I think it's time you ready for our second guest, Jeremy? I am. All, All right, right you take take it take take it over. You you got this one. I love it. All right, folks. This guy is somebody who considers himself a headbutt artist. He is a longtime professional wrestling fan. His signature move usually is the pile driver. Now he is trained at the SPW Academy under the guidance of Mark Anthony, Marty Reed, and the Mid-Atlantic badass Damian Wade. Ladies and gentlemen, it is hardcore hoss. Chris Riddell and the maestro Jeremy Carp's pleasure to bring to the Russell Talk podcast the one, the only, Mad Max Morrison. God, good choice. What's going on, dudes? How's it going, Mad Max? Uh, Man, so, a lot better now. You done played the Exodus song. I feel like I need to be getting into it. That's what I'm saying, man. That you're is gonna, the you're gonna gonna start, hype song right there. Like, are you gonna start oh banging your God. are you gonna start banging your head against the wall? I mean, I don't know. I mean if you play if you play a good enough song, I might. <laughs> so I, I know uh, I know Hoss had some uh, questions to ask you at first. He wanted to start off the interview because uh he's seen you in action up there in that area, so Sure, sure. Yeah, and, and you know, we appreciate you coming back on the show. We've had you here a few times, Max, and uh, we know how precious your time is, so we, we kind of got you here last minute, and we appreciate the fact you could work us in. And uh, talking about how precious your time is and, and everything, one thing I want to know is I see you booked everywhere. Um, I am always seeing Mad Max all over the place in Pennsylvania, Virginia, I believe I've seen you in the Carolinas, Florida, uh, West Virginia. So you're all over the place. At the same time, you've got to keep up with your training. And you are a new father to twins. (laughs) Twins? Oh, no. How can can Mad Max keep up with all this? How how do you do it? Shoot, man. I don't think it's going to work for everybody. Lots and lots of caffeine. (laughs) Do you, do you mainline Red Bull and Monster drinks or something? Nah, or? man, I don't even touch Red Bull, dude. It's it's it, it's uh, uh 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 green tea and uh rain energy drinks. I'm telling you, that's how you get it done. <laughs> <laughs> so, how many hours are the twins keeping you up at night? <laughs> Not really. Surprisingly, I sleep pretty good. The only time is the only problem is I can't sleep when I got babies screaming and stuff. But uh, you know, we kind of work through it. <laughs> That's what happens with us when Luke calls us. <laughs> oh, man. I love him. Man, the show's bag. he's getting all kinds of heat tonight. Right. It is. When the babies are screaming, that's what mama's for, right? 
Nah, we try not to, man. Ed Bang is pretty good dad around here. Like when I, I take up half the duties when uh, things go down because it's uh, when I come home from work or I come in the door, their eyes light up, big smiles. And mom's like, I keep telling her, babe, you're the main event. I'm a special attraction, man. So, <laughs> how, 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 how old are they? Are they brand new or? Uh, they're fairly new. Yeah, they're uh, going on eight months here soon. Ah. Uh, and they're already characters. They're they're <laughs> they're so funny. I love them to death. They're beautiful. <laughs> awesome, awesome. Uh, so I found out I found out through the grapevine, thanks to Haas, that on the 13th of November at Voltage Wrestling in Waynestown, Pennsylvania, you're going to get to take on a true legend in the wrestling game, Cowboy James Storm. Tell me, how are you preparing for that? What is your feelings going into that? Can Do you know what to expect? What? Just give us an overview. What you thinking? So as far as that goes, I got kind of, my head's kind of in a bunch of different places as far as like James Storm goes, because, you know, we all know we all know the man's resume. He's a legend in the business. I mean, America's fuck, America's most wanted beer money, beer money, dude. <laughs> so for me, because I'm a beer drinker, too, and I like Jack Daniels as much as anybody. So I think what could ever happen between me and James Storm? There's going to be a fight. Yes, but there may be a lot of drinking involved, too. I also say yes. So <laughs> I'm, I'm having to get myself physically equipped for the match but i'm also having to get myself physically equipped for the match after the match (laughs) (laughs) uh is is this like is this do you think this will be your toughest challenge to to date or i think it'll be one of them i think it'll definitely be one of them so like over the last few years since i uh started kind of getting into a position where i'm starting to face names and people in the industry um I'm getting to this point, or once I first started doing that, as the uh, I lost my train of thought. Fuck it, I've been there. It's ring, baby. What was the question? One more time. Uh, what's your uh, like? How are you preparing, or what? Uh, what what's it like to face a na- big name like that? So I know the first name I ever wrestled was Gangrel. Ooh, it was uh, it was a tag match at VCW in Norfolk. It was. When I was in the tag team noise pollution with Rock Richards, we f- we fought the Bang Club, them and uh, Kevin Thorne. And just the fact that I'd always watched both of them on TV, especially Gangrel, and to walk in, especially a green-eyed kid where I'm just like, uh, what am I going to do? I'm kind of going to get murdered. And you have to agree that the brood music was probably what is a top five top five wrestling theme song ever. Is the oh, absolutely, music. dude. It got played out in all my video games for years, man. That was my <laughs> <laughs> But once yeah. it got in there and finally got like started to feel it, then it really wasn't so bad. Because I was like, you know what? I'm doing what these guys are doing, and they're showing me how to do it. So fucking this is great. Right. So it's like after doing that a bunch, because I've got to work with a few names so far. I've been able to work with them. I've worked with James Ellsworth and I've worked against I've actually tagged in a match with Rhino probably right before COVID. And each time learned something a little bit different. So feeling more and more like I can hang with these dudes. It's pretty rad. Cool. Cool. Jeremy, what you got? 
what you got from from Max? All right, you know, Hassan mentioned in the beginning that you are booked all over the place. You are known all over the place. And for those that are just tuning in and for those that have been tuning in the whole show, I'm just going to just name a few of the promotions that you're going to find Mad Max Morrison. All right, so we got Ultimate Championship Wrestling. We got Danger Zone Sports Entertainment, Monster Factory Pro Wrestling, Fusion, and Shockwave Wrestling Entertainment. And like I said, those just are a few. Uh-oh. Let me go ahead and correct you on that one, good sir, because you are reading an old resume. Oh, <laughs> very old resume. If you want to go ahead and find me, you can find me at Eclipse Wrestling in Altoona, Pennsylvania, where I am the heavyweight champion and have been for a full calendar year, and nobody's took it from me. So you can catch me there. On top well, of that, see, you know, I was just going to get there. It, it <laughs> well, that's where I'm working, man. I gotta let them know. But, <laughs> have you ever heard of the saying "the best for last"? See. Why? Why you gotta wait, man? It's good shit. Mate, well, it is good shit, but unfortunately, what was sent to us was old shit. So, nah, you know, yeah, yeah. Like it, that. I'll get so, that updated for you, man. Yeah, I, know well, I appreciate it. Much love. For you. Oh yeah, oh yeah. Uh, so, what got you? Obviously, you were probably you, it shows says here that you're a longtime wrestling fan. What's the first wrestling memory that you had that you could think of? So I think I, I must have been like six or seven, but I remember going because I was in the Boy Scouts. I was I was a good kid growing up. Good kid did a bunch of dumb shit. <laughs> I was in the Boy Scouts, right? Learned how to do good shit safely or dumb shit safely. Yeah. That way. I remember going to my scout leader's house and I, that was the first time I saw the Road Warriors on TV. I saw the Road Warriors and Stank. And they were just like big yoked up, looked like comic book dudes, so, and like covered in face paint. So I was like, dude, this is cool. What the fuck? So <laughs> it's like it's like I want to put some face paint on now. <laughs> dude, absolutely. I mean, who didn't? You know? I mean, I mean, if it, it took me 37 years to finally like break down and put on paint now. I, I paint like half of my face now. It looks like a big bruise. Right. <laughs> it's, like, it's like you got punched really really hard right in the face but uh, uh i mean yeah i get punched in the face dude but i hit people with my head a lot harder man and a lot of times this it's dude it it, it gets kind of purple sometimes yeah i just <laughs> i was just i was just scoping out your uh twitter or twitter handle the wild-eyed headbanger is uh you said and you also have in your bio that you're a living cartoon yeah uh so does what does that have significance, or is it just because that's just how wild and crazy you can get? A um, little bit. It's kind of like mindset. Mm-hmm. So the wild-eyed headbanger, dude. I got a tough ass head. That's like my whole thing. And I'm a metal dude. I like to bang my head. I got a way of life about me. It's a It's just the way I live and the way I do things. The thing is, this thing takes a lot of damage. <laughs> I swear to God, it's, it's a human shield and it's a fucking battering ram. So it's and and I, I usually walk out pretty good. I mean, I use a lot. Sometimes I, I have a rough night at the office, but most of the time I come out good. And a lot of times it makes me feel like I'm a loony tune because I swear to God, as much damage as this thing takes, I'm still coming back. It's 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 like somebody stamped Acme on this thing. You know what I mean? Right. <laughs> it's, like, it's like it's like you're the road. It's like you're the road runner, and you're you're like Wiley Coyote. And every time the road runner hits you, you you still come back the next the next time. You know, maybe less a few hairs on your head from the burn marks, but you know, uh, dude, dude, I feel more like the Tasmanian devil, kind of doing <laughs> Coyote's work, man. <laughs> 
Because <laughs> I'm always putting shit together trying to solve problems. So it's like, all right, well, it's going to blow up in my face. All right, let's bring Haas back in here. Haas, uh, you got something for uh, Max while we're waiting for Maestro to come back? So as, as most people know, you're not only a wrestler and a father, you're also an actor. You, you uh, act in several uh, horror movies. And I actually saw that you have one coming out in 2022. Yeah. So, uh, what what can you tell us about that? So the one you're the one I think you're referring about to is uh, it's a holiday short by Michael Taylor and Noelle Berger. It's called The Naughty List, and it's a story about like Christmas gone wrong. <laughs> so bad. And it's it's gonna be great. It's. <sighs> <laughs> dude that's why i love doing these movies because they're they're horror movies are meant to be so bad like they're, they're done with so much passion and you can totally appreciate and love it for what it is but you know that it's going to be like dirt shit bad but that's what makes it absolutely awesome because it has like all the spirit it's it's kind of so like much it, spirit and vibrance that comes from it it makes it enjoyable that's what makes it fun that make that's why i that's why i love doing these kind of movies because i got another we got a bunch of them they're supposed to be coming out i got one coming out hopefully by christmas this year called shriek show we filmed that like over the course of the last like two and a half years and that's finally going to see the light of day it's like it's like that it's like that proverbial car crash you can't car crash you just can't look away you know you know it's probably bad but you just you just can't look away from it it's yeah it's like a, you know you probably should like you shouldn't be watching this stuff but you totally want to it's also like <laughs> maybe maybe it's to the point where it's so bad it's really good and you know it it's it shouldn't it shouldn't be as good as it is so or as entertaining as it should be oh well that's like some of the best man but it, it, as far as like the acting goes i've been branching out a little bit over the last year too I know during COVID, I had my own podcast going for a little bit and I started networking and I met up with some different filmmakers that were running in different genres. So I have a cameo in a crime drama called Brazen Impact from Absurd Pictures Productions. And that was cool. That was really cool. Got to get in an MMA cage, got to fight and good time. It was a very good time. So speaking of... um, I so, did a uh, exploitation film with a uh, cinephoto. It's called Heavy Duty Man. Nice. It's about a fa- it's about a fat dude in a gym that gets trolled and tormented, drinks a special potion, becomes a big fat ass badass. And, awesome. Oh, dude, it's the best. Can you can 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 you pass some of that potion on to me? Because I need to become a because I'm I'm the bi- I, I would be the big fat guy that's in the gym. I, you know, I was about but, to ask that same question. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dude, yeah, because he gets he gets. He, we, we shot a mock trailer for it, had a bunch of good people on it, and we had so much fun. Like, just the way it went is he's going through, and uh, you got the gym guys. They're in good shape, whipping them with the towel, calling them a piece of shit, be like, oh, come on, piggy. But then he drinks this stuff. He's like, oh, yeah, this is my Hulk potion. <laughs> it turns into this big fucking hulking action movie badass he's going through. He's like having sex with all the women, shooting all the guns, saying all the crazy one-liners and stuff like that. Camera be like, (laughs) fried chicken. Like you said, it's like so bad. It's so bad. So bad. And so over the top. You're just, you're kind of just kind of like drawn to it. It's just Mm -hmm. like, like, Oh, like a moth to the friggin' uh, bug zapper. I'm telling you. 
So, so <laughs> speaking of during COVID, you said you 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 during the pandemic you've uh, brought you you did some podcasting and you networked mm-hmm. and stuff. But speak to how you kept either in shape or for for wrestling for when it came back. Were you wrestling during the pandemic? Because I know some some promotions were running like shows with no crowds and just to keep TV taping stuff. But were you were you doing any of that kind of stuff, training, or were you just doing the podcast thing or? a little bit of both maybe so a little bit of both like i kept really active during covid especially during the first half and because once like i'll be honest with you that la- that weekend in march before everything shut down i literally had like a four-day stint on the road mm-hmm. i went to a funeral in virginia beach and then the next day i played drums for uh, a band called broke by sunday out there a cover band and then i immediately hit the road and went to Philly because I was working the Elimination Chamber that night. And then I went to D.C. the next day to work raw at the Cap Center and then went home and did my day job after that. So it's like. Uh, and w- it was I, the WWE show at the Cap Center. Was that the uh, was that the last real live show or was there? It was. It was one of them. So yeah. once that once that happened, I had all my bookings after that got canceled. Like I was, I was ready to like hit the road, go a bunch of places. And they all got canceled, just like trickled down. So once that started happening, I was like, shit, I got to do something since I'm not going to be on the road. So I took a credit card, man. I maxed out a credit card and I got a good bit of basement space. I bought uh, all the weights and mats and bench, all that stuff. So since I couldn't go to the gym, I brought the gym to me and I kept active. And then on top of that, I got a pal with a ring. I went and trained, but we did all the protocols and stuff. And, um, yeah, I just tried to keep active the whole time. And, th- and at the same time, I, that's when I thought, like, just different creative ideas. Like, I figured since I'm not going to be going on the road and doing my table, and it's like, well, let me see if I can't get good at marketing. And, like, through COVID, I learned how to do video production and audio editing, so I got into the podcasting. Mm-hmm. And that turned out to be fun. I had a good chance. It was a good chance for me to like meet some people and actually socialize when we couldn't, you know, because that because I had a show called Social Disturbancing. I did it by myself for like 12 episodes and then I brought a couple pals of mine. One of them, his name's River the Sycopath. He's my new tag partner in the Static Age, which we can talk about later. But I did that for a little bit, learned how to do graphics, learned how to do video. I taught myself all kinds of marketing. I bought this banner. <laughs> all my tablecloth, all my merch stuff, and then I figured out how to build my business. And then so, on top of that, did everything else. So yeah, it's like I kept my mind sharp, I kept my skills sharp, and I kept my body sharp, like as much as I could. But then so, once so, the, the regulations started to lift, that's when I started dipping my toe in the water and performing again. But through most of it, over at Eclipse and Altoona, we did the empty house shows where we just recorded for the internet. How, or, how would, or just to sit at somebody's house, you know? How how weird is that to do? Just to, to, to be so used to wor- working in front of fans. How how weird is that to work with in front of nobody? And if I could be frank, I fucking hated it. <laughs> <laughs> I hated it so fucking much. Pardon me for cussing so much. No, no, it's fine. You should have heard us. We're fine. <laughs> cool. So it was. It sucked because you couldn't feel the crowd, so it was hard to work. But at the same time. Uh, it gave us a different, it gave us the opportunity to kind of have, have to learn how to do a different kind of storytelling. Right. So yeah. through yeah. that, that's, I kind of took that and started learning through that experience. 
kind of how to work better, how to work from a mindset as opposed to just like putting shit together, go out and do a bunch of moves. Cause I, yeah. I, I was, I was trained by the old school cats and that's, that's, that's where I've been trying to get to is how to tell stories in the ring. That's, that's, that's what I love about wrestling. So took that opportunity to learn how to do it. And, 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 uh, and- and, and that you said that you learned how to do the, the graphics and all the podcast and stuff like that. You kind of you kind of set yourself up for a second act, maybe after you're done in the ring. You know, maybe to help out with the backstage stuff. You know, do interview. You know, stuff mm-hmm. like that because that's not stuff that comes easy. But you learned how to do yeah. that during COVID, so you're you're set up for that. So, uh, Jeremy, you got some. You got a couple questions. Yeah, for, I wanted uh, to ask more about the musical aspect that you've been getting into. Um, okay, I mean. So for you, have you had any really out of this world experience, this unexpected experience that you had going into? I know it wasn't something, especially with COVID and everything going on, but has there been really something that really has been etched in your mind with, with being in the industry? Um, I mean, I've got a lot of experiences and a lot of stories. I got a lot of great memories with absolute like gems of people. But at the same time, when I got into the business, I got in kind of older. I got in at 30. I started wrestling at 30 out of college. But before that, I spent like 16 years in the music industry. And I was hopping around doing jobs, doing production jobs. And then I was playing drums and bands and making a part-time living. So I knew, I, knew the, I knew the business side of the industry. But to learn the wrestling side and the character side and that side, it was a little more difficult. But then, you know, coming in, knowing how to market myself and market and do an independent business, because I got a vendor background anyway, it it, kind of made transitioning easier. So, like, especially during this whole COVID thing, it really kind of gave me the kick in the ass to even think about focusing on my brand and my marketing and everything. Because essentially, that's what's getting my name out there and getting me looked at is the fact that my name is plastered on literally fucking everything you can. Yeah. Like the banner behind you, <laughs> dude, that's, that's something kid. That's something got people don't realize is that's the shit that gets you over. Cause that's the shit yeah. that sticks in people's mind. Cause they can't help but see it. You know, it's the same thing. Right. Like, and- wrestlers, all wrestlers just have some kind of a merchant merch, you know, maybe not right when you start, but like when you start building a character, you need to have some kind of a shirt to, you know, cause if you want people to know who you are, you know, I mean, yeah, well, it's like, essentially you want, you want to be able to tailor your merchandise to match your character in a sense. Like what would this guy, like, what would he have? What would he sell? What would be his style or her style or their style, you know? And that's, it takes a while. You start off with the ID. You start off with the T-shirt. You start off with the stickers. You start off with the photos. And then as time goes on, you learn tricks by just picking people's brains, looking at tables around the room, looking online. Right. And it evolves. Like, I've been I've been in the wrestling business for, what, like maybe seven and a half years now, going on eight. Right. And it took me this long to get my shit together. I mean, it was, you know, a, it was an evolution. Right, and during and during COVID, a lot, you know, a lot of wrestlers were even selling their their logos on face masks on pro wrestling tees and stuff like I've that. I've got those. So, I've yeah. got them on my personal shop site. Right. Exactly. Well, it's when you talk about um, that, you mentioned that you had basically gotten into the wrestling side of the business at thirty. Now, going into that, 
confidence-wise, because, you know, wrestling, as with anything in life, is just as much mental as it is physical. Mentally, were you telling yourself, you know, what was your confidence level like at this time, being getting into the business at such a late age? Not calling you old, I promise. I'm just saying, you know. No, I don't give a fuck, dude. I'm old as shit. I feel it. <laughs> 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 I, I don't offend me none man that's a fact <laughs> <laughs> let, let me get oh, let me guess the day, the day after you wrestle your your body kind of hurts for a little while huh it, it gets sore but funny enough man i feel like wolverine man because i always bounce back fairly quick really that's durable awesome, even, man. i love that i love even, hearing that type of thing i get i get the shit beat out of me even in my day job but no it's wake up do it again man Every day, you just got you got you got to love this bit. I mean, if you didn't love this business, no one would be in it. You know, it, it's Dude, just if you it can't for succeed this, in it if you don't love it. Honestly, if it weren't for this business, man, I wouldn't have learned discipline. I'm gonna fucking say that right here. If it wasn't <laughs> for the wrestling business, I wouldn't have learned discipline. You'd be you'd be you'd be a rock, you'd be a drummer. You know, going from town to town with other bands, probably right. Or no, I'd still be a drunk loser, piece of shit, living where I was. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I love your I love your attitude. You just it's a great. I mean, you know, you just kind of like whatever. You know, take it as it comes, and the wrestling, well, the wrestling. That's what you gotta do in life, man. I mean, if if you don't expect anything, how can you be disappointed? You, you know, you know what we asked we asked uh, Jeff Manning when he was on. Uh, since you've been around for about seven and a half years, what is your advice to a new wrestler coming in? What would you tell a new wrestler coming in? I love this question. I have so much shit. <laughs> dude, it's like sit down, pull your notebook out, man. Pull out a recorder, dude. I got, I got, I got gold for you, man. This shit will get you through. <laughs> but, so, uh, no, so are you saying? Are, are you are you saying you'd like to run a seminar for the new kids to come into the business? Uh, dude, I'd love to teach some stuff, man. I got skills I could totally pass on when my time is done. I'm. I'm because I know. Because even now, it's like I don't know how long I'll be in the ring. There's no talent. But I could always be in the business. Right. Always could be in the business. There's I mean, because with work. like you said, with all your stuff that you've learned during the pandemic, you know, you you're 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 setting yourself up to be, you know, in the backstage area to to agent mm-hmm. matches to See, you know that would be my advice to the young to the young kids coming in. And I do say kids generalized, everybody. Anybody just getting in the business. Seriously, if you've got skills, you got a background and stuff, keep crafting those while you're crafting this one because there's no telling what you're going to get yourself into the further you get along because you don't know what opportunities come through you don't know who you talk to you don't know who somebody might grab you at a show be like hey i need you to do this and if you kick ass at it dude that's money in your pocket you're writing your own check because you do enough of that you become valuable you become a utility player so not only can you wrestle but you can run sound Oh, you also know how to do posters and graphics. Oh, you also know how to make custom music. Oh, you also know how to sew gear. Oh, you also know how to referee. Oh, you have referee stuff in your bag. Oh, you have a suit. You have uh, journalism experience. Cool. We can get you behind a microphone. No problem. Whatever it is, there's, there's a job to be had. Just, I was always I was always told if you go to another show, always kind of you don't want to be presumptuous, you know, but always take your gear because you never know when someone calls off. If like, hey, maybe they need a referee, you know, maybe they need a ring announcer, you know. Dude, you, there's you, been 
there's been there's been times I've showed up to shows even after getting established where I just worked the back. I, I would I ran music nights. I took it, tickets nights. I sold it, hot dogs nights. It it don't fucking matter. It's it's what it's you awful. do. It's part of, part and of I was always and I was and I was always told by the wrestlers always have a mask gimmick if you can because yeah. in, in, ca- in case you know they're one short you you could work the, you could especially do if you don't have a ton of visible tattoos right yes that's just hard to cover up right or so unless you were trying to figure out a mask gimmick for a hot minute man i'm just the costume part that's why i don't get like some of these guys got <laughs> tattoos all over i'm like Whew. yeah and it's just it's just it's just it's just crazy it just you know and also and also another thing we were talking about is paying dues is you know helping set up you know get the early help set up a ring help oh, yeah. stay late help tear down a ring if you can't if you can't i mean well well, think about it, dude. These guys. I did that from the first show. <laughs> well, these, well, these folks are letting you come in there and use their ring. They're giving you a platform to like perform your craft. Why not help? I mean, it's kind of a dick move not to. And, and, and I know you probably. I don't know how long you've been, but whenever, like, I, I always tell the story is like whenever I first started to be trained to be a referee way back in the nineties. There were no schools out there. There were no schools out there unless you went to California, you know, Mm. or maybe to Florida. But I mean, there was no schools here in the Midwest. If you didn't get that ring set up two, three, you know, two or three hours before the show starts, no one got training time in. Everyone was training on gym mats. So, Mm. so I mean, it's just, it's just crazy. I just sometimes I just don't see the whole paying the dues thing in the wrestling business right now so well there's there's different ways of paying your dues man there's all kinds of different ways it ain't just setting up the ring it ain't just this it ain't just that there's just all kinds of ways Pro- and- promotion too if you're on a show send out those posters you know oh, yeah. send out the ticket link you know Go paper just- the town fuck it right <laughs> <laughs> exactly make, it, make a day of it have you ever worked in the st louis area i don't know if you have uh, st louis central illinois area or are you just more in that Pen- the Pennsylvania type type area. No, I'm more or less. I'm more or less. I stick around the East Coast. Mm-hmm. I I have. I actually have played drums out in Chicago once. Ah, yeah. I did a three. I did a three day gig over there at a an anime convention. <laughs> That's yeah. pro- that was probably interesting. <laughs> oh, that was a fun time, man. I got paid good. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Haas, you got something else for uh, Max? You know, I, I was going to say earlier, you were talking about uh, having to uh, figure out what um, my mind just went blank now. <laughs> anyway, it happens, man. It's a thing around here. And he's never probably been hit with the head with a chair. <laughs> <laughs> but now you, you were talking about having to figure out um, what merchandising would work for you with your gimmicks and stuff. We actually interviewed a tag team last week whose name was the Lumberjacks. Mm -hmm. And they had one thing there that I had never seen before. They actually had coloring books that they were selling to the kids. And then they told us that they actually had Lumberjack jam that was going to be jarred and they were going to sell at the shows. So, you know that goes right into what you were talking about there about finding uh, finding what works for you and what goes with your gimmick. Yeah, totally find an interest, man, because there's there's a market out there for it. 
yeah, you got something interesting like that, dude, tailor make it. Cause like all the stuff I push out is all stuff I would either wear or use. I can't tell you how much of my stuff has my damn sticker on it. (laughs) (laughs) Dude. I, the other thing too, I'll tell you with merchandising marketing and having all this stuff, if you got a brand logo, something, especially with a website, you take a stack of stickers, man. You take them and go, that's how you paper the town. I call that guerrilla marketing. <laughs> Just back of signs, bathroom walls, toilets. Okay. Yeah, get, get your brand out there, man. I, I, I mean, and wrestlers should, how often would you say the wrestlers should get a promo pick? I mean, because there are wrestlers that are probably using promo picks from five, six years ago. Oh, dude, every time you change something up, man. Seriously. Like you, you trim your beard, get get new picks. Like you right. get a new piece of gear, get new picks. You put on some face paint, get new picks. Hell, so I'm I, due for new picks because I just I just started wearing face paint. <laughs> and <laughs> I actually just saw on Facebook that you just got new ring gear as well. Yeah, yeah, I'm way stoked about that. So way it, stoked about that. It looked really cool. Um, we actually, we actually have a question here from the Night Owl, Renee Martinez who you've talked to a few times when you've been here before. (laughs) He wants to know, what's the perfect movie role for Mad Max? Perfect movie role. Hmm. I don't know. Preferably something where I get the, probably like a Rob Zombie movie. It'd be a Rob Zombie movie, but it'd be a comedy. And Quentin Tarantino would direct it, and then I would want one of the I would want one of the kung fu director, uh, one of the kung fu, uh, the people that choreographed the shit. I want them in on it, because I want I want I want some of that crouching tiger, hidden dragon stuff with my head butts. That'd be fucking sweet. <laughs> <laughs> and you have some devastating head butts. I've seen them. <laughs> Man, these things He's an artist. That's why you call yourself a headbutt artist. I tell you, it is. You're gonna leave a few dents, heart, man. Dude. <laughs> <laughs> leave a few dents. Got to go to Harbor Freight and get pop it out. <laughs> oh man, dude. Uh-oh. And then in my day job, I hit my head on pipes all day, man. So it's like this thing. This thing stays in training. Right. <laughs> <laughs> never, never a dull moment for the top of your head, huh? No. Never. Are you sure we should have replaced instead of you wearing that hat? We should have given you a football helmet like back there to kind of put on. Dude, my hat is a football helmet. What do I need that shit for? <laughs> so, so are you are you the master of the pile driver? Is that what is that what I'm, I'm not the for? master? I'm not the master, but I adopted from a student of the master, and um, I keep it going, man. Like Damian Wayne, I take I took. I'll be real. I took so much of his shit, but it's okay. <laughs> he gave it to me. <laughs> I, I and, that's am actually, what, and, that's, and that's what makes it cooler <laughs> i am so actually I'm, working on getting damian wayne on the show here so oh dude i'll help you talk to him man he's he's cool as shit <laughs> you'll love him do you have a, do you have a favorite match in your career like one that maybe you could pick out as a favorite probably the one i had with wayne at vcw that was fun we did, <laughs> we did the shit out of each other and that was the first time I came back and actually got to work him established. Because me and him, when, when I was training with him, we wrestled in Danger Zone. It was a tag match 
all his greenies and him. And I end up tatering him a bunch of times. He done cussed me out. All this <laughs> shit. I felt like such a loser. But then I just went down the path. I got better and all that shit. And I finally got myself established. And then I show up at BCW. They booked me against Wayne. And now I'm going toe-to-toe with the man himself. And I'm holding my own with him. And I got the seal of approval afterwards. I felt good as fuck. So yeah, that's probably my favorite because that one that one meant like the world to me. It's that it's like fun. it's like teacher versus student and student. It's how, they, it's how they build it, but I t- in my head I took it as another lesson. Mm-hmm. I took it as another lesson. As another as he was teaching you another lesson, it was you didn't teach. Take it as regular. You took it as like you were sitting in the dojo, a dojo somewhere uh, under the learning under, under the learning tree. Totally under the learning tree, man. And I got to show him some shit too, and he loved <laughs> it. <laughs> so, Jeremy, do you have a final question, maybe for uh, for Max? Yeah, I got one. All right, here we go. All right, we had a, already talked about how the hype is high for you facing off against James Storm soon. Mm-hmm. I mean, like I said, we talk about big names. Is there somebody, whether it be from the past, you know what? I'm going to say just the past because since you are a longtime wrestling fan, you know, wrestling's in your blood. Is there a wrestler that was in the past that you would have loved, would have just loved being in the ring with and have a match with? Brody. 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 You're gonna you're gonna make Luke Roberts really happy because Brody's I, always. I you're gonna make Bruce Simmons really happy, dude. I want to get in there with Brody, and I want to get in there with the Sheep Herders, and I want I want to fucking just learn what they do. Yeah, <laughs> it's so good. <laughs> Especially Brody, man, because he he was an anomaly. He was he was a he was a fucking artist. <laughs> I'm gonna be honest. I and this no shit. I straight see a little bit of Brody, and you just from the energy you give off, you know. May not be six eight, but I do see that energy you give off of that intensity, that love for for wrestling in it. So, I mean, that's a hell of an opponent to have, you know. I just try to have fun at what I do, man. And I just that's hope everybody has fun watching. <laughs> at the end of the day, you know, that's what you go out there, you do your best, and you hope people enjoy the ride. Uh, all right, so Haas, do you have a final question that you want to send out to Max? You know, I, I I've seen him many a times, and I, I enjoy watching him in the ring. So thank you. I I, I think I'm good on the questions right now. Uh, so, all right. Well, I only have one more question. Is like, Max, would you be willing to take part in our Wrestle Talk Game Show Challenge to take on the Maestro one on one in a trivia challenge? Sure. Okay. Well, okay. you know what? You know what? He's accepted the challenge. Hoss, hit that music. Well, how's it work? You just going? Got to warm it up. All right, hey, I'm an announcer. I'm gonna do my best announcing voice, with, even though I'm a little stuffed up right now, a little congested. The no, weather- you're gonna need that against me, baby. Uh, <laughs> the weather, the weather changing. All right, so this is best two out of three, best two out of three falls questions. It's gonna be Maestro Jeremy Carp and Mad Max Morrison. I'm gonna ask you questions about a particular professional wrestling topic. Whenever you think they know the answers, shout it out. Uh, 
whoever shouts it out first gets it. Hoss will be the uh, determination if it's a, if he thinks it's a tie. So oh crap! Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and, and I will tell job. you, Max, that I, I believe I believe I was the last host to win a challenge. No, 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 wait, hang on. Did you wait? Because well, when did you win last? Oh, I can't remember. I I don't remember. It's been a it's been because, a while. <laughs> because the last time I was on this show. The Night Owl can attest to this. I actually did the impossible and swept Herb Simmons. Oh, you swept Herb? Okay, so that was just, yeah. that was just a couple weeks ago. So, yeah. all right, all right. Today's challenge category is shared oh, nicknames. Shared nicknames. I will give you the name of several professional wrestlers that have shared the same nickname. When you think you know the nickname, please shout out your answer. The first person to win two falls will win tonight's game. So, are you guys ready? Yep. As ready as I'll be. All right. Question number one: Don Morocco, Ole Anderson, and Dwayne Johnson. The Rock. That is correct. Wow. Max is up one fall. Ah! Je- Jeremy, are you feel? <laughs> Jeremy, are you feeling the pressure? I, I probably would. Max, not at all. Come on. Let's uh, do uh, this. All right. Question uh, two: Butch Reed and Jim Duggan. The Natural. Next off. Oh, Jim, Jeremy is correct. That is right. Oh, All right. So this is... natural. <laughs> <laughs> All right. That was blonde butch. <laughs> <laughs> Jeremy, don't make mad, mad, mad Max Mac. He's gonna come. He's mad. He's gonna come get you. I'm ready. So, he has All right. To come get me. He's ready for me. This is the deciding fall. Bruno San Martino and Larry Zabisco. The le- living legend. That is correct. Mad Max wins. <laughs> Get that music. Hoss. I win. Oh, we don't have the we don't have the we don't have the DJ Khaled. And another one. <laughs> uh, and another. No, I was uh, all, all I do is win. It sounds like the right to censors theme. I thought the screen froze. (laughs) All right, Max, it was great to have you on the show. Please promise us you'll come back. But before you go, shout out all of your social medias, anything that you want to shout out right now. This is your chance. Let us know where we can find you on Twitter, Instagram, MySpace. I don't care. Just give it all. (laughs) Fuck yes. Dude, Facebook and Instagram, Mad Max Morrison, two Ds, two Xs, two Rs. Look it up there. Check out the Static Age. It's myself and River the Sycopath, new tag team. We're going to get booked everywhere. Just watch. Check out Twitter, Wild Eyed, HDBGR. Visit MadMaxMorrison.com. You can visit my shop at shop.madmaxmorrison.com. I got cool shit and I make custom shit. So holler at me. And I'm on TikTok. I don't know what my name is though. <laughs> you know, I just watch a bunch of shit and I post my stuff. That, that, that's why I don't. I, I have a, I have a TikTok too. I just really watch it for videos because I like to see how stupid how stupid people can be. So yeah, so. it makes my it makes my wrestling matches look way cooler. 
<laughs> All right, Mad, 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 Mad Max Morrison. Thank you so so much for being a part of the Russell Talk podcast. We can't wait to see you again. Good luck in your match against James Storm on November the thirteenth at Voltage Wrestling in Wayne Waynestown, Pennsylvania. I haven't heard his name Waynesboro. Waynesboro. Sorry. I can't see. I got glasses on. So yeah. it's all good. I and appreciate we, you guys, man. This is gonna be a fun time. All I'll right, Ma- all right, Max. Stay safe, and we will talk to you again soon. Be well, buddy. Cheers, dudes. Thank you, Max. Yeah. Well, gentlemen, how do you think this went tonight? Pretty damn good. I'm gonna tell you, I enjoyed it. A lot of, uh, both, both a, lot of roast, a heartfelt farewell. Um. I mean, two amazing guests. I mean, can't, you can't ask for much more on this podcast. You can't ask for much more. Uh, any, any closing thoughts from anybody? Uh, yeah, I, um, I just want to say that uh, at this moment, the Atlanta Braves are winning, and I hope that they win the whole World Series because fuck the Astros. Um, <laughs> and, and I believe yeah. I, I believe I saw an NXT. I know there were three titles that changed hands. Mandy Rose did win. Mandy her Rose very won first championship. Right. Uh, the, the, the other the other two Toxic Attraction won the t- women's tag belts, and I know the Imperium won the tag belts. I yes, was not did. paying attention on who won the Braun Breaker Champa match, so because I was well, we were talking to Max. So, in all seriousness, folks, you know it. We do these shows because we love it. We love professional wrestling. We love sports. We love our lives, um, but. It would not be what it is without all of you. And we right. thank you all so much for tuning in every single week. Um, you know, and as I always like to say, life is a book full of empty pages just waiting to be written in. And, and you ha- worth reading. Ex- ex- exact, be- beautifully said. Hoss, will get with, Hoss, you'll need to get with Renee and f- pick a winner for the... Uh... I have already been in touch with Renee, and we actually already have a winner before we go. Okay. Uh, and so for the swag tonight, uh, it'll be Shelly Conway. If you can get in touch with us, uh, we can get your address over and get you your swag. Awesome. 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 So, well, gentlemen, I guess there's nothing else to say, but, uh, let's do this again sometime. Uh, hope I will be back. I will be back on next week as a co-host. I don't know who's going to be with me, so I, well, I, know I, know Hoss, I will be here. Hoss will be with us because he's got to run that. He's got to run that board. Uh, I, but we will we'll figure that out later. So all I gotta say is I say I'm this every time. Day. Yeah, <laughs> big sexy, and the Russell Talk podcast out. Peace. <laughs>